and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm going to go over, for those of you who haven't seen it, or for those of you that would like to hear my perspective on it, I'm going to go over the entire uh, Republican, recent Republican debate. But first, I'd like to start off with this in mind. I'd like to start off with a, a quote from Ronald Reagan. So if you're ready, we'll, we'll get that going. I've always felt... I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Our government has proven itself to be extremely corrupt. It can't be trusted. Um, It can't be trusted on the Republican or the Democratic side. Although at least the Republicans espouse... um, Sense a sense of decency, uh, morality, um, you know, integrity, even if they don't live up to their to the you know the goals that they have, even if they fall short, they at least at least say the right things. Whereas the Democrats, uh, the the liberals, the left leftists, they would like to see this entire nation be destroyed, and they've they've made a lot of progress in doing this. Unfortunately, and I'm not sure what the uh, solution is except for just keep fighting and never give up. If anybody has seen um if anybody has seen the um you know, a UFC fight or any mixed martial arts fight, I've seen so many fights where it looks it looked like the person was beat to death that there's no way they could come back. And either they came back with one punch or the other person um gassed out, became tired, and then the the person that was getting beat on turned around and and uh, turned the tables and, and won the fight. And that can happen. That can happen in a, in a fist fight. That can happen in business. That can happen in war. It can happen in many situations. The key is, is don't become disheartened. Don't give up the fight. Don't cave in. Don't listen to the criticism. Simply keep fighting and plugging along. Believe in yourself. Believe in your, in your, uh, in your principles. And just don't ever give up. That's that's my policy. Always tell the truth. I'm going to quote Dennis Prager: the, the the most the bravest people in modern times are the people that uh, tell the truth. Now that's not the only form of bravery, but it's it's a big form of bravery in our in our politically correct woke society, um, which is all about feelings, all about uh, you know with you know not nothing to do with truth or reality. It's just whatever you want to believe. That's what you believe. Whatever you say is true is true. From uh, from an objectivist objectivist uh, reality, where you know there's an objective reality, to a postmodern um, subjectivist reality, where everybody gets their own reality, and you know society, civilization, 
can't just can't sustain itself on on such a such an idea. So, I would like to think there's more people out there than me, and I know that there is, but I'm I'm truly disheartened by, you know, all the things that are going on in in our society, especially in the United States, but around the world. With that said, let's start the debate. With the tide. Nope. John State. Nope. I think you. My apologies. Who knows what the tide will roll in? Not only is Megan Kelly beautiful, but she's, she's very intelligent. I just downloaded the app for News Nation. I recommend it to everybody. With the primary starting just weeks away. And we have a lot to cover over the next two hours. So let's begin with tonight's rules. Now, I haven't seen Canada's this, but I've heard there's some hard punching questions. questions. Hard hitting. To give a rebuttal at the moderator's I can't believe Chris Christie's on the stage. See the timing lights that will indicate when time is up. What a joke. Time to stop talking. And the time we have is critical over the next two hours. So we ask the audience to please keep your applause to a minimum. I think we all know all right, that the, the politicians are not going to stay in their time frame. On the time tonight, four candidates all vying to become their party's nominee. Three and candidates and a joke, Chris Christie. System right now, one of you might very well do it. Even many Democrats now admit that President Biden is a weak candidate. Just as many Republicans acknowledge that former President Donald Trump's multiple legal troubles could imperil his quest for a second term. All of which means... One of you could wind up the leader of the free world. Trump will be the next president. Having said that, Mr. Trump is nearly 50 points ahead of all of you. Assuming fair elections. 29 points ahead in Iowa, where the GOP caucuses are less than six weeks away. And so, as Republicans get ready to vote on whether any of you might be preferable to Mr. Trump, we begin with the question of electability. Governor DeSantis, your campaign and its super PAC have spent the most money had the most high net worth donors and had a wave of momentum coming into this race after your big re-election win in Florida. You were seen by many as the candidate most likely to consolidate the non-Trump field. But here we are, a month he, out. He's my second choice. And you haven't managed to do it. In fact, Nikki Haley is beating you in New Hampshire and South Carolina now and closing in on you in Iowa. Rama, uh, uh, Obviously, he's my he's my first choice after after Trump, after Trump. Uh, my third choice would be uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but he would be my third choice. I know pe- a lot of people don't take him seriously, and he's low in the polls, but he is him, uh, DeSantis and Ramaswamy. DeSantis first, then Ramaswamy. Those would be my two choices. Of course, uh, you know, <laughs> of course, Christie. Uh, that that absolute buffoon shouldn't even be on the stage not to mention trump who is not only dominating in the early states but is beating you in florida by over 30 points is it fair to say as senator tim scott did when beating him in florida by over 30 points his own state the state he's the governor of just keep that in mind he dropped out that voters are telling you 
Not no, but not now. So we have a great uh, idea in America that the voters actually make these decisions, not pundits or pollsters. Uh, I'm sick of hearing about these polls because I remember those polls in November of 2022. They said there was going to be a big red wave. It was going to be monumental. And that crashed and burned. The one place it didn't crash and burn was in the state of Florida. They weren't predicting to, uh, that I would win the way I did. And I won the greatest Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. Yeah, you won the greatest Republican victory in the, in the state of Florida against a Democrat, not against, uh, not against uh, oh, Donald Trump. That's a completely different story. Completely different story. So, yeah, you beat the Democrat. Now try beating Donald Trump. Not going to happen. More than 50-point lead for Donald Trump over you nationwide and a 30-point lead in your own state through your governor. Not going to happen. You guys are all seeing who can be uh, on, on, on Donald Trump's cabinet. That's the only thing you're really fighting for, except for Chris Christie. He's just being a jackass and a, and a, and a waste of time. I'm looking forward to, to Iowa and New Hampshire. The voters are going to be able to speak, and we're going to earn this nomination. And here's what we need. Uh, I am sick of Republicans who are not willing to stand up and fight back against what the left is doing to this country. You've got to be willing to stand strong, and you've got to be willing to beat these people. I'm the only one running for president that has beaten these people on issue after issue. Uh, we beat the teachers' unions when we did school choice. We beat Fauci on COVID. We beat George Soros when we removed two of his radical district attorneys. We beat the Democrats on election integrity. I have delivered results. That's what we need for this country. And you have other candidates up here like Nikki Haley. She caves anytime the left comes after her, anytime the media comes after her. I did a bill in Florida to stop the gender mutilation of minors. It's child abuse and it's wrong. She opposes that. Now, that, that's a big thing that in his favor. It is, it is child abuse and it is wrong. It's, it's wrong to mess with, to try to change the sexual, uh, how, how somebody's born. If you're born a, a male, you're a male. If you're born a female, you're a female. And giving hormones and giving drugs and surgeries doesn't change that. It, it just warps the child. It warps them mentally and physically beyond repair. The detransitioners, they, they're never the same. They can't have children. They're, they're absolutely ruined. He's 100% he's right about that. And I, I like his position on that. Bill. She thinks it's fine and the law shouldn't get involved with it. If you're not willing to stand up for the kids, if you're not willing to stand up and say that it is wrong to mutilate these kids, uh, then you're not going to fight for the people back home. I will fight for you and I will win for you. You left government service in 2018 with just $100,000 in the bank. Five years later, you're reportedly worth $8 million thanks to lucrative corporate speeches and board memberships like you had with Boeing. Weeks ago, you met with Wall Street heavyweights, including leaders from... Okay, how do you enter office with, with hundreds of thousands of dollars and move up to $8 million? How, how does that work? How does it work that so many politicians become millionaires, multi-millionaires, uh, after they take office, considering the salaries that they get? How is that possible? I think we all know. I think it's corruption. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and BlackRock. Several other billionaire investors are reportedly ready to endorse you, or recently have, all of which comes with expectations. Aren't you too tight with the banks and the billionaires to win over the GOP's working class base, which mostly wants to break the system, not elect someone beholden to it? 
Well, thank you. It's great to be here. You know, first I'll tell you, um, just to respond to Ron, I, he continues to lie about my record. I actually said his don't say gay bill didn't go far enough because it only talked about... Okay, first of all, it's not a don't say gay bill. It's, it's don't talk about sexual things in front of small children. So let's get it right gender until the third grade and i said it shouldn't be done at all that that's for parents to talk about it shouldn't be talked about with schools in reference to donors coming on board look we will take support from anybody we can take support from but i have been a conservative fighter all my life i was a tea party candidate when i became governor we opposed every single corporate bailout we possibly could. We passed tort reform. We passed one of the toughest illegal immigration laws in the country. We passed pro-life bills. We moved in unemployment from 11% to 3%. We took on the unions, and we took on Obama when it came to the unions, the Syrian refugees, and everything in between. What does any of this have to do with the, with the, the question that Megyn Kelly asked her about the, the corporate donors? And so I've had a fight. And so as much as Ron says that, that's not true. But when it comes to these corporate people that want to suddenly support us, we'll take it. I bet but you will. You can, they don't, I don't ask them what their policies are. They ask me what my policies are. And I tell them what it is. Sometimes they agree with me. Sometimes they don't. Some don't like how tough I am on China. Some don't like the fact that I've signed pro-life bills. Some don't like the fact that I may oppose corporate bailouts. That doesn't matter. That's who I am. And that's why... The most conservative grassroots group in the country, Americans for Prosperity, endorsed me last week. She didn't respond to the criticism. It wasn't about the parents' rights education bill. It was about prohibiting sex change operations on minors. They do puberty blockers. These are irreversible. Talk to Chloe Cole. She went through this. Now she's an adult. She's warning against it. She may never be able to have kids again. That is what Nikki Haley opposed. She said the law shouldn't get involved in that. And I just ask you, if you're somebody that's going to be the president of the United States and you can't stand up against child abuse, how are you going to be able to stand up for anything? That, that is the truth. I never we have it, said we have it on video. I said okay, you had it on video. They got it on video. These people get up here and they lie their asses off. And a lot of their comments are on video. Let's see what she says, has to say. I said... That if you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, you should have to be 18 to have anything done to change your gender. He said the law should stay out of it. We're going to get to this in more detail later. Let's finish with electability, but trust me, we're coming back to this issue. Mr. Ramaswamy, for months you campaigned as a unifier. Then you stood up at the first debate and attacked all of your competitors as bought and paid for. The second debate, you changed your tune, saying, these are good people on this stage, admitting you can come across as a bit of a know-it-all and rejecting the practice of personal insults. By debate number three, you called Nikki Haley corrupt, accused Ron DeSantis of wearing high heels, and told Ambassador Haley she should keep a closer eye on her daughter. Okay, first of all, <laughs> Ron DeSantis does wear high heels, um, just like Marco, Marco Rubio did. Because they want to be tall, they want to be, you know, they want to be an alpha male. Uh, especially little Marco Rubio, but okay. Can you see how this has led some to conclude you are not, in fact, a unifier, and to question your authenticity? Megan, I think there's a time and place for everything. We need somebody in the White House who absolutely is going to be a fighter when it counts. And I did say that there were some good people on that stage in that third debate. Doug Bergen was on that stage at that time. And I'll say that jokingly, Ron DeSantis is a good person, too. I want to go back, though, to Nikki Haley's comment from earlier that she is somehow not responding to the will of these donors. 
Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the UN. After you left the UN, you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time, and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is, and now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. And when I said they were bought and paid for... Okay, that's a damn good point. As I just said, how the hell do you go from bankrupt, or even let's say you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. How do you go from that to being a, a multimillionaire eight, worth $8 million? Come on, man. Come on, man. The companies don't, the, the corporations that support you and give you money, they don't want anything in return. Come on. I meant the Republican establishment, not the Democratic establishment. Now you have Reed Hoffman, the person who's effectively George Soros Jr., funding lawsuits across this country against Donald Trump to keep him off the ballot, funding left wing causes. We discovered this week that he is one of Nikki Haley's largest supporters. Larry Fink, the king of the woke industrial complex, the ESG movement, the CEO of BlackRock, the most powerful company in the world, now supporting Nikki Haley. And to say that doesn't affect her is false because it's after that meeting later that day that she says that every American needs to be doxxed by having their ID, their government issued ID, tied to what they say on the Internet. So I think that this is far more corrupt than I even imagined when I entered politics. But I will say this. It is. OK, he's got a good point there to say that every now I, I'm, I'm with everybody else. I hate all the goddamn trolls on the Internet. I hate people that get on there just to, just to stir shit up. I, I hate people that can become anonymous and, and say horrific things. But to say that everybody on the Internet has to give their true identity and reveal themselves so, they can, so people can go after them. All the crazies on the Internet can, can know where they live and who they are and where their family is. That, that's, that's a horrible idea. Um, yeah, you wouldn't be taking away people's free speech. But you'd be you'd you would make sure that they were afraid to to say what they wanted to say, and even if I disagree with somebody, I want to hear what they have to say. I want to hear their honest honest feelings. All right. Going to take a leader from the outside, with fresh legs, from the next generation to unite this country, not the broken politicians who are puppets of the puppet masters, but the actual people in this country. Thomas Jefferson was thirty three when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. I think it's going to take somebody whose best days in life are still ahead to see a country whose best days are ahead of itself. And I think I can reach that next generation better than anybody else in this race. Thank you. Response. Megan. First of all, we weren't bankrupt when I left the UN. We're people of service. My husband is in the military, and I served our country as UN ambassador and governor. It may be bankrupt to him, but it certainly wasn't bankrupt to us. Secondly, I did serve on the board of Boeing. I did a lot of work with Boeing when I was governor. They were a great partner to me. I served for 10 months. And then when they decided after COVID that they wanted to go for a corporate bailout, I've never supported corporate bailout, so I respectfully stepped back and got off the board. I love Boeing. They build good commercial airplanes. They build airplanes for our Air Force. Okay, but that's not the question. The question is, how do you go from not being a millionaire to being a multimillionaire? That's the question. And you're not answering the goddamn question, of course. I'm proud of them. They employ a lot of people in South Carolina. But that's why I left the Boeing board. There's nothing to what he's saying. And in terms of these donors that are supporting me, they're just jealous. They wish that they were supporting them. But I'm not going to sit there.
and, and Vivek, he wrote a book talking about ESG and these woke corporations in BlackRock. The idea that I want to do that in Florida, they were managing our pension, part of our pension, and then when they did the ESG, I took $2 billion away from BlackRock. We took action. This ESG, they call it Environment Social Governance, and again, Nikki is meeting with all these people. Uh, they want to use economic power to impose a left-wing agenda on this country. They want basically to change society without having to go through the constitutional process. We've kneecapped it in the state of Florida. The next president of the United States needs to be able to go to that office on day one and end ESG. And the fact of the matter is, we know from her history, Nikki will cave to those big donors when it counts. And that is not acceptable. I didn't like that book. The irony is Nikki Haley was heaping praise on me. When I wrote that book, but now I worry, I was warning about the woke industrial complex in this country as a warning. Apparently, she read it as a how-to manual, All just right. like she okay. reads George Orwell's book <laughs> okay. as, right. as well. And so I think that that's actually far more dangerous than, I, this is really important for people to understand. We're marching towards fascism under Biden. Jack Smith has subpoenaed every last retweet that someone has issued from Donald Trump in the year 2020. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley, who thinks the government should identify every one of those individuals with an ID. That is not freedom. That is fascism. And she should come nowhere near the levers of power, let alone the White House. I, I gotta get to- okay, that's a damn good point. Now, do I think that uh, Nikki Haley is more fascist than, than, than the uh, Biden regime? No, the Biden regime is actually going after um, their political opponent, Donald Trump. And they're going after, you know, conservatives in general. Um, they didn't, they, you know, didn't really prosecute hardly anyone from uh, the so-called summer of love in 2020 when BLM and Antifa were attacking federal buildings. But they threw people in jail for simply walking through the White House. Or not the White House, my God. Through uh, the federal building. They simply, they, you know, through Congress. They, they threw people in jail for lengthy sentences. Some of them, it took forever for them to actually be charged and start their trial. Whatever happened to uh, a fast and speedy public trial? So it showed how they were being treated in prison, being threatened. Um, pretty, pretty rough stuff. So Nikki Haley, she shouldn't be asking for people to be, you know, be doxxed on the internet. But she's bad as somebody who's going after their political opponents um like a like a third world banana republic would no definitely not governor christie i haven't forgotten no but can i just say can you can can you speak i really appreciate it good good to see you can you please speak to the the requirement that you said that every anonymous internet user needs to out themselves they're both hitting you on it i would be happy to and i love all the attention fellas thank you for that (laughs) yeah play the female card you know, I will, I'll say this. What I said was that social media companies need to show us their algorithms. I also said there are millions of bots on social media right now. They're foreign, they're Chinese, they're Iranian. I will always fight for freedom of speech for Americans. We do not need freedom of speech for Russians and Iranians and Hamas. We that's need social media companies to go that's and... A- but that's not what she said. She said everybody. She didn't say... You know, countries that are that support terrorism. She didn't say, you know, things things of that nature. She said everybody. Fight back on all of these now she's changing bots it. that are happening. That's what I said. As a mom, 
as a mom, do I think that social media would be more civil if we went and had people's names next to that? Yes, I do think that because I think we've got too much cyberbullying. I think we've got child pornography and all of those things. But having said that, I never said government should go and require anyone's That's name. That's false. She said, I, said, I want your name. She As absolutely of the United said States, her first day in office, she said one of the first things I'm going to do. I said we were going to get the millions of She's lying. She's changing what she said. You can roll the tape. She said, I want your name. And that was going to be one of the first things she did in office. And then she got real serious blowback, and understandably so, because it'd be yeah, a massive lying. expansion of government. Actually, we have anonymous speech. The Federalist Papers were written with anonymous writers. Jay, Madison, and Hamilton, they, they went under pubulus. It's something that's important, and especially given how conservatives have been attacked, and, and, and they've lost jobs, and they've been canceled. You know the regime would use that to weaponize that against our own people. Okay. Okay, it was so, a bad so idea. Come on. Because Ron is so hypocritical because he actually went and tried to push a law that would stop anonymous um, people from talking to the press and went so far to say bloggers should have to register with the state if they're going to talk about write about elected officials. It was in the check your newspaper. It was absolutely there. I have never said this section's over. Okay. Governor Christie. I heard her say, I heard her talk about getting people doxxed on, on the internet. So she didn't, she didn't specifically say, she, she just made a blanket statement. I want to see everybody's uh, ID. I want everybody to have to identify themselves. She didn't say a goddamn thing about China or Iran or any, any uh, terrorist. She didn't say anything like that. She didn't elaborate at all. So she's lying. She's twisting it. She's changing what she said. And you can go back to the tape and listen to it. Usually not somebody who gets missed. I, I would play, every time one of these guys would tell a lie, I would play the, the uh, clips to prove they're a lie, but then this, this podcast would take forever. But okay, let's That's go. What's happening? <laughs> okay, I got you. Uh, listen, you endorsed Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. You gave him an A for his first term. Since then, however, you've turned on him, calling him a liar, a loser, a con man, and someone who cannot win. You've even said that you got into this race just to stop President Trump. His approval rating with Republicans is currently at 81%. Yours is at 25%. Your best state is New Hampshire, and even there, two-thirds of GOP voters say they would be angry and disappointed if you won. Respectfully, Governor, you have not stopped, Mr. Trump, and voters may wonder how you could possibly become the nominee of a party that does not appear to like you very much. Yeah, well, two-thirds of New Hampshire, I think he said, she said New Hampshire, two-thirds... <laughs> his best state. Two thirds of the voters of the GOP voters said that if he won, they would be extremely disappointed. <laughs> I think. Why is he in the race? I think that's a good question. Let's see what he says. Say, look, Megan, um, it's often very difficult to be the only person on the stage who's telling the truth, and the only person who is taking on what needs to be taken on. I, I look at my watch now. We're 17 minutes into this debate. And except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. Why, why would he show up when he's way ahead in the polls? Why would, why would he give you chances to attack him when he's 50 points ahead of Ron DeSantis 
more than 50 points. And, and Ron DeSantis is number two, and you guys are just barely making the mark. Why would he bother? That would, that would be a, a very, strategically, that would be an extremely foolish move. And yet, I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with, you know, Voldemort. He or shall not be named. They don't want to talk about it. But the fact is that when you go and you say the truth about somebody who is a dictator, a bully, who has taken shots at everybody, whether they've given him great service or not over time, who dares to disagree with him, then I understand why the these three are timid to say anything about it. Maybe it's because they have future aspirations. Maybe those future aspirations are now, or maybe they're four years from now. But the fact of the matter is the truth needs to be told. They, they, they do. They do have aspirations. I said that before. But he has aspirations to stay relevant because he, he's pretty irrelevant at this point. Not just in, the, in this race, but in general, in politics in general. And for us to go 17 minutes without discussing the guy who has all those gaudy numbers you talked about is ridiculous. I'm in this race because the truth needs to be spoken. He is unfit. This is a guy who just said this past week that he wants to use the Department of Justice to go after his enemies when he gets in there. I mean, the fact of the matter is he is unfit to be president, and there is no bigger issue in this race, Megan, than Donald Trump, and those numbers prove it. Governor Christie, we will be addressing that issue of Donald Trump in just a moment, but I'd like to first get to some questions on Israel. Governor DeSantis, okay, this is the one tonight, from Newsmax. as we speak, the war is back on in Gaza. Israeli tanks are on the move and have surrounded the home of the leader of Hamas. Eight Americans have been held hostage in the tunnels beneath Gaza for 60 days now. American troops and warships in the Middle East are under attack. How far would you go as president to secure the release of those eight American hostages? Let's see what he and says. would it include sending American forces into combat? We have to look out for our people when there are hostages. Commander-in-chief, you have to do whatever you can to get them done. But the overall issue with this is... This administration is trying to okay, answer the question. Be able to defend itself. They have a right to eliminate Hamas and win a total answer the question. victory so that they never have to deal with this again. Hamas wants nothing less than a second Holocaust. They would wipe off answer every the question Jew off the map. They would destroy the state of Israel if we could. Joe Biden will say they support Israel and then they do nothing but try to kneecap them every step of the way. You should not try to direct their work okay, he's not going to answer the question with them so that they can bring Hamas I'll bet you any amount of money by the time he's done talking he doesn't answer the question back in the day uh, I'm the only one running for president that's will you send military. troops in uh, I understand that part of the world will you take uh, military action part of the world uh, we do have troops there that Biden is leaving basically as sitting ducks and you have the Iranians that are attacking these troops and he's responding with okay so what would you do that's the you question an American service member you're gonna have hell to pay when I'm president we are not gonna let our troops be sitting these done. are service we members these are these are civilians the underlying problem here Iran Biden is doing nothing to bring Iran to account you got to turn the screws on them don't yeah let he's them not he's not gonna answer the question the money they get they send to Hamas they send to Hezbollah and they foment jihad throughout the Middle East so Biden has empowered Iran, just like he's empowered other adversaries. We stand with Israel. They're our best ally in the Middle East. We have a unique Answer relationship the with them. Question. Uh, and you will see a strong relationship when I'm the president of the United States. Oh, he just wrapped it up. He didn't answer the fucking question. I knew he wouldn't. This, this is the problem with the first three debates. 
Ron gets asked a question and he doesn't answer it. Your question was very specific. You said, would you send American troops as commander in chief? And he went on to this minute and 30 second Hosanna about his knowledge of the military and what we need to do and didn't answer your question. Look, when you're president of the United States, you're not going to have a choice whether to answer that question or not. Your generals, your secretary of defense, yep, your secretary of state, your national security advisor are going to present plans to you. They're going to look at you and say, do we go or don't we, Mr. President? And you can't give a 90-second speech <laughs> right. about your military services. So would you, as would it is. you send American Okay, so, you know, that, that that's a damn good point. He was asked a very simple question, and he went into a speech, and, and he, he, he danced around and never even came close to answering the question. Is he right that that uh, that Biden has troops in the area, just as sitting ducks? Yes, but that wasn't the question. That was not the question. The question was, what would you do? Would you send troops? Would you take military action to uh, br- bring uh, bring the American hostages home? Uh, and he said, well, you know, if you if you harm a, a, mili- a mil- you know a, a U.S. military service member, that wasn't the question. These people that are hostages are not U.S. military members. I mean, I mean, who knows? Some of them might be. But they're not uniformed. They're not in the service right now. They're over there probably vacationing or visiting family. Answer the goddamn question. Now, she's asking uh, Christy the same question. Let's see, if, let's see what he does. I would absolutely, absolutely, if they had a plan which showed me that we could get them out safely, you're damn right I'd send the American army in there to get our people home and get them home now, and I'll answer that question directly. Thank you, Governor Christie. Now, we all know I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, of Chris Christie, but he gave a straight answer, and he was 100% right in his criticism of Ron DeSantis. Mr. Ramaswamy, you have said it was irresponsible for Ambassador Haley to call Hamas's terrorist rampage an attack on America and for her to, quote, rapidly shout, finish them, end quote. The Hamas terror attack left dozens of Americans dead and was the deadliest attack on Jews since the Holocaust. Why wouldn't it be a good thing to finish Hamas? Finish them was purposefully vague in a discussion that included Iran, which is what I objected to. And I think it's as U.S. president, you have to be responsible. What happened to Israel was dead wrong. What Hamas did was medieval. It was subhuman. It was immoral. And we have to call that out for what it is on October 7th. But to say that that was an attack on America fails a basic test. I mean, Nick, if you can't tell the difference between where Israel is and the U.S. is on a map, I can have my three-year-old son show you the difference. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a low blow and, and unnecessary. That is irresponsible because it has major consequences because that doesn't leave room for what actually is an attack on America. So I believe I have the strongest pro-Israel position actually on the stage, even though it's a little bit different. Than and it is this. The founding vision of Israel, David Ben-Gurion, the George Washington figure of Israel, what did he believe? He believed that we don't want, as Israel, to depend on the fleeting sympathies of the West and have our hands tied. I think Israel has an absolute right to defend itself to the fullest, without the U.S., the U.N., or the EU, or anybody else second-guessing their decisions, as the Biden administration, guess what, is now starting to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. As, as um, Benjamin Netanyahu said, after, uh, after um, Pearl Harbor, which recently just happened, and I hope everybody acknowledged, knew that and acknowledged it and, and gave it some thought, but after Pearl Harbor and after 9-11, 
no one or almost no one that should be taken seriously said, uh, you know, cease fire, don't fight back, you know, give them a break. Um, no, absolutely not. And nor should they say this to Israel. I think that's a more deeply pro-Israel position than anybody else, and it keeps the actual lines of accountability clear because it is a pro-American position. And as leader of the United States of America, just as a father of two sons, my sole moral duty is to my family. As your next president, my sole moral duty is to you, the people of this country. That's how I'm going to lead. So I'll tell Bibi, you smoke the terrorists on your southern border, you go ahead and we're rooting for you. We're going to smoke the terrorists on our own southern border, and that's how I'm going to lead this country. That, that I agree with. That I, that I 100% agree with. In that attack. And so if you, if you looked at this terrorist attack and the number of Americans, this would be one of the top 10 terrorist attacks in American history. So our own people were killed in that attack. And yet when you were asked, what would you do? Would you send in troops to save the hostages that are American? You would not answer. You refused to answer. You said everything but the answer. And I think it's absolutely appropriate to point that out and to say that we're in this together uh, and we are going to work with Israel so that these people are brought to justice. I agree with that. Ambassador Haley, I'm coming to you. Iran is on the threshold of becoming a nuclear state. The Wall Street Journal reported that Iranian military leaders gave the green light for Hamas's attack on Israel. You said in last month's debate that by contrast to the Biden administration's approach to Iran, you would, quote, punch them once and punch them hard. Were you saying that it's time to bomb Iran? No, I was not saying it's time to bomb Iran, but I will tell you, I don't. I'm saying it's time to bomb Iran. It's well past time. With Iran every day when I was at the United Nations, and they only respond to strength. What they don't respond to is when you weaken the sanctions like they did on Iran that allowed China to send them billions to fill their proxies. What they don't respond to is when you give $6 billion for five hostages. That only makes them want more hostages. What they don't respond to is when they do 140 strikes on our men and women in Syria and Iraq, and we do nothing but just some small shots back. You've got to punch them, you've got to punch them hard, and let them know that. That's the only way they're going to respond. So the way you do that is you go after their infrastructure in Syria and Iraq where they're hitting our soldiers. That's what you also go after their nuclear capabilities. And that's what they're aiming for. If they haven't already got it, they're fighting like hell to get it, to get nuclear weapons. And we cannot be in the same position we are with North Korea with um, with Iran. We just can't do it. We're going to have to deal with them. We're going to have to deal with them now or deal with a nuclear-armed Iran, which would be an absolute nightmare. You do, and then that's when they'll back off. The problem is you have to see that all of these are related. If you look at the fact Russia was losing that war with Ukraine, Putin had hit rock bottom. They had raised the draft age to 65. He was getting drones and missiles, drones from Iran, missiles from North Korea. And so what happened? When he hit rock bottom, all of a sudden, his other friend, Iran, Hamas goes and invades Israel and butchers those people on Putin's birthday. There is no one happier right now than Putin because all of the attention America had on Ukraine suddenly went to Israel. And that's what they were hoping is going to happen. We need to make sure that we have full clarity that there is a reason, again, that Taiwanese want to help Ukrainians because they know if Ukraine wins, China won't invade Taiwan. There's a reason the Ukrainians want to help Israelis because they know that if Iran wins, Russia wins. These are all connected. But what wins all of that? That I agree with.
that I agree with. You got you got to think big picture. You can't just think, well, this doesn't matter and this is not connected. Yeah, they're all connected. Um, if we let Russia invade the Ukraine and completely take over or wipe out the Ukraine, that's going to embolden China to do the same thing with Taiwan. And if we let, if we if we hinder uh, Israel from defending themselves from Hamas, it'll have the same impact on both situations. Anytime you let one, you know horrible, evil dictatorship uh, get away with, you know, slaughtering people or invading a, a land, an innocent, a, a uh, democracy, or not even a democracy, just a, a more free state. It encourages other people around the world, other, you know, evil regimes to do the same thing because they figure, well, if you're not going to do anything to stop that, then, you know, maybe we can get away with it over here. It emboldens them. And I don't know how many people I don't know how many times people have to learn the, 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 the reality. As Nikki Haley said, you got to have peace through strength. It's a strong America, not a weak America. And that's what Joe Biden's given us. I want to say one thing about the tie to Ukraine. So foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to know that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position, with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is Okay, so was everybody in the United States a, an expert on not just the countries in, in Europe, but the uh, provinces inside those countries. Was everybody an expert on the geography of every single uh, European country when they fought against the, uh, the, the Nazis, the Germans? Uh, was everybody a, an expert on the different countries that were, you know, China and the different provinces in China when they, when they fought against Japan? I mean, this is an asinine argument. Usually Ramaswamy makes good arguments. This, this is just plain goddamn stupid. And I want people to understand, these people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to Again, it's irrelevant. just say something here you know his reasonable peace deal in ukraine he made it clear give them all the land they've already stolen promise putin you'll never put ukraine in russia and then trust putin not to have a relationship with china let me tell you something that's no that's reasonable. not my deal, that, not my deal yes it's exactly what I'll, you I'll said you do this at every debate I'll just, I'll you say, no, no, don't I'll interrupt me i didn't deal. interrupt you Okay, you Tell say this, you, you, do this and, you do go this at every <laughs> debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to say, I'm not done yet. Well, this is now look, this is an fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So she, 
I'll tell you what I would like to see. I would like to see. <laughs> it'll never happen because he just doesn't. Ha he just doesn't have the standing. Um, he'd have to be to even have a prayer of having a debate with Biden. He would have to win the Republican nomination for president, which is never going to happen. But I, w I, I have to admit, as much as I don't like Chris Christie, as much as I don't like most of his positions, he's one hell of a debater. He, he would eat Biden alive. Uh, the person that he would be destroyed by would be would be um, Donald Trump. But obviously, he, I think he would even put up one hell of a fight with Donald Trump. But uh, yeah, he would. Oh my God, he would he would eat Biden alive. But unfortunately, that's just never going to happen. I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. Ouch. And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman and you should stop insulting so her. So I want to take this. So first of all, I think we just learned something from Chris we learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign... Again, did, did the, all the politicians, were they all geography uh, experts on Europe and East Asia? No, I don't believe they were. The experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor, just walk yourself off that stage, enjoy a nice meal, yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah. race. Okay, cheap, cheap, uh, cheap shot, you know, fat joke. Come on, man. Come on, Ramaswamy. You're, you're, you're good on a lot of issues, but now you're, you're going low now. You're hitting below the belt. I think if you're going to actually send your sons and daughters well, to well, go die in somebody else's war. Well, well, you you excuse voting. me, Chris, I'm speaking, and I'm not done yet. I have heard your the chance, time when you are And we're going to be done, so... Listen up to this. Is if these people want to send your sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine, they've been arguing for it for a year. Two hundred billion dollars of our taxpayer money sent over. Neither of them could even name for you the provinces that they actually want to protect. And this is the people who have been touting their so-called foreign policy experience. It is intellectual fraud. These people are lying to you. The same people who told you about weapons and mass destruction in Iraq to justify that invasion, didn't know the first thing about it, yet they sent thousands of our sons and daughters to go die. The same people who told you the same in Afghanistan. Were the okay, first of all, let me clear something up real quick. Weapons of mass destruction isn't just nuclear weapons. If people think that they didn't find nuclear weapons in, in, Ara in, uh, in Iraq, and so they didn't find weapons of mass destruction, they can be chemical weapons. There's all sorts of weapons that are considered weapons of mass destruction. Not just nuclear weapons. I realize the average person is an absolute fucking moron and doesn't realize this. But for the people that do, you're the ones I'm, you know, I'm talking to the, for the, to the people that I do, that do know, and, I, and I'm also talking to the morons that don't know. So if you're listening to this and you're a moron, that, if you're listening to this and, you, and you're someone who does know, then good on you. But if you're a moron and you're listening to this and you don't know, then hopefully this will smarten you up.
still in charge 20 years later. Seven trillion of our national debt due to these toxic neocons. You can put lipstick on a Dick Cheney. It is still a fascist neocon. Thank and you, you see that today. Thank you, Mr. Dick, Dick Cheney is a fascist neocon. You know, I like Ramaswamy, but he's, his, some of his things he says is just bullshit. Let me just say this. You know, this is the kind of thing where he talks about experience. You know, I was the U.S. attorney in New Jersey when the terrorist attacks were launched against the United States in 2001. I brought the two, first two cases in this country against terrorists who tried to attack us again. And I know about the threat of terrorism and bullying in this country and around the world. And at that time, he was learning about the provinces in Ukraine, sitting with his smart-ass mouth at Harvard. That's what was going on. <laughs> and so, and the fact that matters that was is the a good one. he was a Democrat. So, you know, the fact, the fact, is, the fact is that all he knows how to... So Ramaswamy did start out as a Democrat, but so did uh, so did uh, Breitbart, I believe, and so did uh, Ronald Reagan. So you're busy hugging Barack Obama. Knows how to do, Thank you. All he knows how to do is insult good people who have committed their lives to public service and not say anything that moves the ball down the field for the United States. Welcome back to the Republican primary debate live on News Nation from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We are now going to go to the News Nation. The Get the app. Border. Poll show Get the News Nation app. And the crisis are among the most pressing issues for Republican voters right now. Both the issue of migrants crossing illegally into our country and the separate. By the way, if you're listening to this, follow me. Follow me. If, if, if you're listening to this and you're not following this podcast, please follow the podcast. Whether you agree or disagree with me, I, th- I think you're going to like it. ...issue of fentanyl being smuggled in, mostly through legal ports of entry. All year, News Nation has been at the border documenting the crisis. In 2023 alone, Border Patrol encountered a record 2.4 million migrants. All four of you have talked tough. The question now is, how realistic is the talk? So, Governor DeSantis, I'd like to start with you. You have pledged to send the military to the southern border on day one of your administration with orders to shoot, quote, stone cold dead anyone illegally entering with a backpack that you believe contains fentanyl. Critics have called this a shoot first, ask questions later policy that would amount to extrajudicial killing. You are a former military lawyer. Why do you think this idea of yours would be legal? Excellent quote. Excellent quote. You know what? You shoot some people trying to come in here Ill- illegally. How many? How many going to really have to shoot? If you have a if you have a, a policy where you shoot anybody trying to come into the country illegally, especially on the southern border or or you know even a boat off the off one of the coasts, how many are you going to have to shoot before they learn their lesson? Drug cartels are invading our country and they are killing our citizens. By the tens of thousands every year. Exactly. Uh, we had a situation in Florida. There was an 18-month-old baby that was crawling on the floor of an Airbnb rental. There was fentanyl residue on the carpet, and the baby died. Is this acceptable? Okay, so that's a horrible story. But what the hell are you doing having your baby crawl on somebody's carpet? 
this country. I know the elites in D.C., they don't care. They don't care that fentanyl is ravaging your community. They don't care that illegal aliens are, are ravaging our community and overwhelming our community. The commander-in-chief not only has a right, you have a responsibility to fight back against these people. And does so that mean gonna, shooting first? It means you're going you're gonna, to uh, categorize them as foreign terrorist organizations, uh, and we will identify just like we would anywhere. When I was in Iraq, the, the, the al-Qaeda wasn't wearing a uniform. You'd see anyone walking down the street, they all had man dresses on. You didn't know if someone had a, a bomb, an IED attached, or not. And so you had to make a judgment based on intelligence, based on positive identification. But we're going to be able to get the intelligence on these cartel people. And here's the thing. If we had a wall across the southern border, which I support, this would not have happened. Exactly. We need to build a wall across the southern border. We need a wall along, along the southern border. And I'll make Bad. For, I'll, Mexico is supposed to pay for it. Remember, here's how you do that. I'm going to have fees on remittances from foreign workers when they send the money back to foreign countries. We're going to tax it and we're going to build a wall. With exactly. That. So, yes, you should have had that, but we don't have it. I'm going to build it, but we have to lean in on this. How about you take any aid that you're giving to Mexico and you put it towards the wall? You put it towards the wall and they can go fuck themselves. How about that? Problem. I am not going to sit there and allow mothers to lose more kids because of fentanyl overdose. I am not going to sit there and let sex trafficking go unabated or Thank human you. trafficking go unabated. There's going to be a new sheriff in town, and these drug cartels better buckle up. Sounds reasonable to me. Amen. And that's an atheist saying amen. And deport all migrants who are here in this country illegally. But then you said in Londonderry, New Hampshire last month that you will not deport those who are working and paying taxes rather Jesus. than feeding off the system. Which is it? So first of all, what I said is all of the seven or eight million illegals that have come under Biden's watch absolutely have to go back. We have to stop the incentive of what's bringing them over here in the first place. Biden just gave temporary protective status to 500,000 Venezuelans. Okay, first of all, uh, all illegals in this country, I don't care if they're from Mexico, Central South America, um, Cuba, uh, well, maybe not Cuba. Cuba is a bad situation for their citizens. Um, Haiti, uh, the Dominican Republic, any, any of the... Um, Caribbean islands, uh, anybody in Europe, East Asia, anybody in the world that comes into this country illegally should be immediately deported. Whether they came across a border, whether they came on a boat, whether they came on a plane, you know, overstayed their visa or whatever the case may be, they all need to go, period, period, without, without question. So that's the bottom line. This, this, uh, you know, if you're working in the country, even though you're here illegally, that's like saying if somebody, if a, if somebody breaks into your home, and uh, you know they're vacuuming and and they're washing the dishes, that they can and they get a job that they can stick around and they can live in your home whether you like it or not. That's a half a million social security cards. That's a half a million driver's licenses. And I know from my time at the United Nations, the first thing they do is pick up the phone and said, we came over, come on over. And that's what sends more. You have to go and deport these people so they know it can't happen again. For those that have been here longer than that, we've got to start seeing who is it, how long have they been here, have they been vetted, have they paid taxes, have they been working, and figure out who else is out there. But what I know is my parents who gives came here illegal. A shit. They put in the time, they put in the price. They illegal are is illegal. By those that are coming illegally. We can't let them skip the line. But when you talk about fentanyl like you did before, let's look at something else. 
Yes, I think we should send special operations over and take out the cartels. I think we should do a, re a remain in Mexico policy so they never step foot in U.S. soil in the first place. But look at where fentanyl came from. Let's go to the heart of the matter. It came from China. That's why we need to end all normal trade relations with China until the... Okay, I agree with her on China. But what the hell does that have to do with uh, deporting illegal immigrants? Constantly trying to turn the conversation into something else. Stop murdering Americans with fentanyl. I promise God you, damn they, you I hate politicians. they will immediately stop that. But this is where Trump went wrong. Trump was good on trade, but that's all he was with China. Because here he allowed fentanyl to continue to come over. He continued to allow them to take, he would give them technology that would build up their military and hurt us. He allowed the Chinese infiltration for them to buy up farmland, to put money in our universities, and to continue to do things that were harmful for America. We now have a spy base Thank in you. Cuba and police stations, and Trump didn't do anything about it. Thank you. China, though, I mean, this, this is rich, because when she was governor of South Carolina, she was the number one ranked governor of bringing the CCP into her state. Oh, shit. She wrote a love letter to the Chinese ambassador saying how great a friend China is. You can look at it. We put it on our website, rondesantis.com. Well, now, is she going to deny this? Her, as governor, standing in front of a Chinese flag with a Chinese business, saying that she now works for them, talking about this Chinese company. So she's been very weak on China. Now, here's the... Okay, that's, a, that's, that's pretty damning. You know, these politicians, I swear to God, they, they just lie their ass off change the topic, and then, and then step on their own dicks. That's exactly what they're doing. She just she doesn't have a dick, but hopefully, but she, she stepped on her own dick. She brought up China, and she opened the door for him to, 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 to put the hammer down on her. Problem. The rhetoric is different, but the one on Her donors, these Wall Street liberal donors, they make money in China. They are not going to let her be tough on China, and she will cave to the donors. She will not stand up for you. 15 seconds. Ouch. First of all, he's mad because those Wall Street donors used to support him, and now they support me. Okay, speak to the standing in front of the Chinese flag with a with a Chinese business and saying I work for you. Speak to that. The second thing is, he has a company, a Chinese company, UGAS, that he just did a rally there last year. They have given you three hundred forty thousand in campaign it's donations between them and their employees. They are tied to the communist Chinese party. Jinko Solar is another one. They went and expanded. You gave $2 million in subsidies. I banned China from buying land in the state of and Florida. The Department of I there you go. Banned China from, from buying uh, land in Florida. That is not true. I ejected them. So I have a record of standing up and do what's right. And, and here's the thing. You have a record she, of she's, done, she's trying to say things like that. Even the liberal media groups that usually if I say the sky is blue, they'll fact check me and say that's wrong. They looked at her charges. They said it was totally false that they could not find one instance there you go. of me recruiting a Chinese business. Coming Case closed. Why? Because we never recruited any Chinese business. That's a fact. Over the past year, fentanyl has killed more than 75,000 Americans. Jesus 1, Christ, 75,000. Right in Alabama. You have vowed to use the military to, quote, annihilate drug labs inside Mexico, something the president of Mexico said would be a hostile act. Good. But fentanyl can easily be made anywhere, and labs that are shut down can easily and quickly... Hostile act, that's fine. You're killing our citizens with your, with your filthy drugs. You're letting, people, you're letting criminals and other people come across the border out of your countries, um, and you're run, you're run by drug cartels. Uh, it's time for a hostile act.
be replaced. Are your tough enforcement policies offering false hope to a country wracked by addiction? To the contrary, I don't think it's going to have to come to that if we deal with the actual demand side problem that we also have in this country. I mean, the easy part is talking about how we're going to use our military to secure the border. I will, and I believe that everybody else wants to do the same thing. But the harder part is dealing with the crisis of purpose and meaning, the mental health epidemic raging across this country like wildfire. And there's a reason why after the opioid crisis, you see fentanyl. And even after we get fentanyl, and we are going to be sure to make sure we do it, this one is worse for many reasons. They're illegally lacing it into pharmaceuticals, so it's more dangerous. But we're deluding ourselves. The real false promise here is thinking that we're going to have dealt with that underlying mental health epidemic in this country by just dealing with the demand side of it. But I want to get back to this issue of the root cause, because a lot of these are coming from labs in Wuhan, China, of all places. That's great. That's great. But that has nothing to do with stopping fentanyl from coming across the border. That's a bigger plan. The bigger plan is, is, is to penalize China for supplying the drugs to Latin America, specifically Mexico. But the immediate problem is people coming across the border, whether it's for drugs, other crimes, or just to live here illegally. Drug materials that are going to the Mexican drug cartels that they're pumping across that southern border like a modern opium war. I think it is going to take a U.S. president that's going to have a very different conversation with Xi Jinping than what Joe Biden just had in California. I will tell Xi Jinping, you will not only not buy land in this country or donate to universities in this country, U.S. businesses won't expand into the Chinese market until they're playing by the same set of rules. And the same country that's putting fentanyl into illegal pharmaceuticals in Mexico, it's no coincidence, is the exact same country that also unleashed hell on the world with the COVID-19 pandemic. We also have to hold them accountable with every financial lever that we have available. And that is what it actually means to stand with a spine. And you mark my words, if we're willing to stand with the spine, China will absolutely have to fold because they're in a tougher spot than we are. And then we're back to playing by the same set of rules. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, their their economy is much worse than ours. And they've got a gigantic um, real estate bubble. They've got what's called ghost cities. They've they've created entire cities that's pumped up their, their economy. But these cities are either, either no one lives there or just a handful of people live in a, in a city the size of Chicago or, or even New York. And uh, if you go on YouTube and you, you search ghost cities in China, you'll see these cities. It's, it's, it's unfucking believable but they really exist. I, I, when I heard about it, I was like, no, that can't be true. A whole, you know, several cities, huge cities uh, made with, with nobody living in them or very few. That, that can't be true. It, it's 100% true. Swami, thank you. Let's talk about the economy. By the way, I, I listened. To, I'm a big Tim Pool fan, but when he listened to this debate live, and him and his friends talked and laughed all over top of it, I decided that I'm going to do very little talking while they're talking. I'm going to try not to talk over their answers, and I'm going to pause when I want to actually say something of significance. Homeownership has always been part of the American dream, but it's increasingly out of reach for younger Americans. This year, mortgage rates reached 30-year highs. Home prices have risen $190,000 over the past decade. Is this a free market at work, or should the federal government do something to make homes more affordable? Well, first of all, I mean, you're exactly right. My daughter just got married, and I saw how hard it was for her and her husband to buy a home. Right now, the average homeowner in America is 49 years old. 
you've got young people everywhere. That used to be the American dream, and now it's out of reach. But you look at what happened. You first of all look at what the Fed did. The Fed did a terrible job when they allowed all of that money to go through. You saw the Treasury bond rates go up. That affected mortgage rates. That affected automobile rates. That affected insurance rates. And so now we have a high interest rate. You've got a supply issue. Ask any builder. The supply issues have continued to build, be there. That's caused the rate to go up. And then you've got insurances that have gone up. And so what you have is a lot of younger people who, one, can't afford a home, but two, the banks aren't lending them any money. They've made the regulations so hard that they don't want to give loans on mortgages anymore. So what we have to do is we have to open it up. We have to, one, grow our economy so that people have more money in their pockets. We've got to look at the supply chain and make sure that we are funneling that so that builders don't have to sit there and go overseas to find things. And then we need to make sure that we really stop paying down this debt, make sure that we stop the borrowing, stop the spending. I'll veto any spending bill that doesn't take us back to pre-COVID levels because our kids are not going to forgive us for all the spending that happened. And as much as everybody wants to talk about how Donald Trump had a good economy, $9 trillion in debt he did just in four years. And we're all paying the price of that, including those mortgage prices. We're going to come back to President Trump. Okay, so I mean, she made a strong argument. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with what she said. DeSantis, the latest News Nation Decision Desk poll found that inflation tops the worries of American voters. Sixty-one percent say they're very concerned, and the working class is hardest hit. Economists say this was fueled by a glut of federal spending. The Biden administration has added six trillion dollars to the national debt so far. But President Trump wasn't exactly a penny pincher. His administration added $7.8 Do Republicans, including President Trump, share the blame for inflation? And what concrete steps would a President DeSantis uh, take to help Americans make ends meet? The borrowing, printing, and spending of money was both parties in Washington, D.C. That's just a fact. These Republicans in Washington have spent. It's driven your prices it's higher. True. And it's driven your interest rates to the point... It's true, but you also have to take COVID in mind. Where you can't afford. I met a, a young fella in Iowa. He had graduated college a couple years ago, and he's like, Governor, I don't have a chance. I'm gainfully employed. He's like, I have no chance to afford a home and start a family. That is taking the American dream away from people. So we're going to get the inflation down. We're going to get the interest rates down. We are going to reduce spending, and I will be willing to veto, and I vetoed a lot as governor of Florida, and we'll do that. We're also going to open up all of our domestic energy for production, lower your gas prices, lower the price of fuel. That's going to help the economy. It also help jobs, and we'll do it. But, you know, another thing that's burdening young people are these student loans. Now, I don't support having a truck driver having to pay a student loan for someone that got a degree in gender studies. That is wrong. We should not have taxpayers do that. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to get to the root cause of the problem. These student loans are going to be backed by the universities because they need to have an incentive to produce gainful. How, how about we eliminate? How about we eliminate um, ridiculous um, majors? You know, lesbian dance study or any anything. You know, there should be a panel. Um, you know, and and they should decide what are the most ridiculous. Uh, you know. Uh, majors that are not going to lead to uh, to someone having a, a productive life and a, and a decent career, uh, a worth a, you know something that's worthwhile, and, and simply eliminate those. So many of these college students they go in and they take whatever fun major they want to take, 
which never turns into a job. Employment for people. They should not be indulging in ideological studies. They should be focusing on things that work. Exactly. We're going to take some of this money and we're going to move it to actual vocational training. In Florida, we there double go. apprenticeships. We have more truck drivers. These are in-demand skills. Don't let anybody tell you that the only way you can be you can make a shitload of money as a plumber. Degree. That's one way you can be. It's not the only way, and we're going to fix that problem in the United States of America. There's a lot of people that are determined to get a university degree, even if it's a worthless degree, and and they look down upon people that are blue collar jobs. Sometimes those blue-collar jobs make more money, far more money, than, than the uh, white-collar jobs. Uh, I'm not saying everybody should go blue-collar, but uh, I, I think that uh, I think a good portion of the people that, that forced, are forced to go to college might be better off going blue-collar. Mr. Ramaswamy, you pra praise cryptocurrency like Bitcoin as an opt-out from our, quote, broken financial architecture, and you oppose efforts to regulate it. The head of the largest international crypto exchange just pleaded guilty to allowing his platform to launder money for terrorists, including Hamas. You say your cryptocurrency plan will, quote, ensure economic freedom for Americans, end quote. Won't it also ensure economic freedom for fraudsters, criminals, and terrorists? Yes. Look, fraudsters, criminals, and terrorists have been defrauding people for a long time. Our regulations need to catch up with the current moment. The fact that SBF was able to do what he did at FTX shows that whatever they have as the current framework isn't working. And I think it is nothing short of embarrassing that Gary Gensler, the current leader of the SEC, in front of Congress could not even say whether Ethereum counted as a regulated security or not. And so I think that this is just another example of the administrative state gone too far. Here's the dirty little secret in American politics today. The people who we elect to run the government are not the ones who are even actually running the government. It is crypto, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all that stuff is just the biggest running scam on the planet. And it's going to destroy people's livelihoods, their, their economy. And it's, it is absolutely going to fund the black market terrorism, terrorism and drug dealing that goes on. The bureaucrats in those three-letter agencies that are writing regulations that Congress never gave them the authority to write. And the good news is... A U.S. president can absolutely fix that. That takes a U.S. president with a spine. So what I've said is in my administration, by the end of year one, we will have a 75% reduction in the number of federal bureaucrats. We will shut down government agencies idea. that should not exist. We will rescind any regulation that fails the test of West Virginia versus EPA, which is... How about, how about, how about for, you know, the leader of the nation, the president, has... Uh, they're limited to two terms of four years each. So eight years, you know, two terms, and they have to get reelected for the second term. How about we make it that way for all politicians? That way there aren't lifelong politicians that are, you know, politicians for 50 or 60 years. And they're just entrenched. They know all the right things to say and all the right things to do just to simply keep getting reelected. And their political party, the machine, their political machine is behind them and they just keep, somehow falling into the office and nothing ever changes so how about term limits for you know four eight years four, four years each and eight years in total term limits for all politicians and i mean all the most important supreme court case of our lifetime that said if congress didn't delegate that to an administrative agency then it's unconstitutional 
These are seismic changes. These are big changes that the next president can deliver without asking Congress for permission or for forgiveness. And I want people to understand that distinction because people have been sold myths by politicians for a long time saying, I'm going to work with Congress to do this or that. Much of what you've heard on the stage from the other politicians fit that description. They need Congress. The things that I'm promising you, this is what the leader of the executive branch gets to do under Article 2 of Damn. the Constitution. Thank you, That's sir. a strong argument. Democracy. That's Thank how we grow you, our economy and put the Federal Reserve in its place as part of the crypto no, no, discussion. No, 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 no. 90% percent you're, you're out of time. But 15 one, seconds, Governor DeSantis. So one, one of the dangers that we're going to face, Biden wants, is a central bank digital currency. They want to get rid of cash, crypto. They want to force you to do that. They'll take away your privacy. They will absolutely regulate your purchases. On day one as president, we take the idea of central bank digital currency and we throw it in the trash can. It'll be dead on a rubber. Yep, I agree. I 100% agree. Cash is like gas. Uh, you need physical cash. Yes, I have a credit card. There's, we, you know, credit cards exist. Um, bank accounts exist, but cash is king. That's that's what I've always heard my whole life, and it's it's you know it's rang true every time. Cash is king. The same thing with electric cars. The electricity goes away for some reason. The electricity's out. Bad storm, whatever. Or you know, back in what was it, two thousand four or two thousand five. Half the half the half of Canada and half the United States went completely dark for four or five days. Um, it, it's been several years, so it might have been three or four days, whatever. Uh, if you have an electric car, what are you going to do? You're screwed. You are screwed. Whereas I still had a car. I still had gas in my tank. All right. It's exciting, and when we come back, we got a big subject, huge. You might even say Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't even know why you guys are bothering to talk about Donald Trump. He's 50 points ahead of the uh, the top-ranking uh, runner-up, which is DeSantis. You have no chance. No chance. Welcome back, everyone. So you've all spent a lot of time criticizing each other on this stage, as Governor Christie pointed out, and less so for most of you on the front-runner in this race, Donald Trump. Uh, we invited him to come tonight, as you know, but he declined to come. Why would he? I'd like to ask you a couple oh. questions about him now. Ambassador Haley, former President Trump recently promised if he's reelected to bring back an... When Donald Trump refuses to show up, that's a smart st strategic move, like I said earlier. He defangs his enemies. There's nobody to bite. There's nobody to fight. They can talk a lot of shit, but it's just, just not the same. And that, that's very smart. ...and his program restricting immigration from Muslim countries. Here he is in Iowa on October 16th. He never said restricted immigration from Muslim countries. There was terrorist countries. Uh, five of them were part of Obama's list. And he said restrict immigration from, from terrorist-backed countries. If they happen to be Muslim, so be it. But he never said Muslim. No longer will we allow dangerous lunatics, haters, bigots, and maniacs to get residency in our country. We're not going to let them stay here. If you empathize with radical Islamic terrorists and extremists, you're disqualified. You're just disqualified. Good. Ambassador Haley, do you support President Trump? You want Hamas members to come and, and take up residency? You want ex-ISIS fighters to come in here? You want Hezbollah? You want former Al-Qaeda members? plan for ideological screening. Well, I don't think that you have a straight-up Muslim ban as if he said, if he said, don't let Nazis in the country, would you oppose that as well? 
much as you look at the countries that have terrorist activity that want to hurt Americans. You do, you can ban those people from those countries. That's the way we should look at it, is which countries are a threat to us. Exactly. You look at what came across the southern border. What worries me the most are those that came from Iran, from Yemen, from Lebanon. Yep. Those areas where they say death to America. That's where you want to be careful. It's not about a religion. It's about a fact that certain countries are dangerous. It is about a religion. The president has one job, and that's to keep America safe. He didn't America say that, but it safe. is. And that's what we've got to do is make sure that we have good national security in that process. And that's the way you should look at it is where the terrorist threats are, how we're going to deal with it, and what we're doing about it. And the biggest threat we have right now is communist China. But you have to also look at what Iran and Russia are doing as well. And we need to be paying attention to that. That's why we have to focus on things like cyber, on space, on artificial intelligence, and not just the regular things that we've always focused on. It's not just, it's not just terrorism, though. That's important. But look what's happened in Europe. You have more anti-Semitism in Germany yep. than at any time since Adolf Hitler. Why? Because they imported mass numbers of people who reject their culture. Muslims. Europe is committing suicide with the Say mass the word, Muslims. And it's illegal and legal. Uh, Nikki Haley said the other day there should be no limits on, on legal immigration and that corporate CEOs should set the That's policy on that. Quit there needs lying. to be limits on immigration and we should not be importing people from cultures that are hostile. So, for example, I said with the Gaza, you had some of the, the, the squad wanted to import 300,000 people from the Gaza Strip. I said, no, we're not taking anyone from Gaza. Hell no. You want to bring those people over here so they can, they can, they can do here what they did in Israel? Kill 1,500 people or how, you know, the number keeps fluctuating. But kill approximately 1,500 people in one shot, raping and torturing and sticking babies in ovens and decapitating babies and... I mean, taking hostages, you want that here? Hell no. I 100% agree with him. And yes, not only should we limit illegal immigration, we should completely eliminate illegal immigration, you know, to the extent that we can. You know, nothing's perfect. But we should also eliminate, uh, or not eliminate, but limit uh, legal immigration. It just stands to reason. Because of the anti-Semitism and because they reject American culture. So we've got to get smart about this. We cannot let the United States be like Europe. Watch some of the videos on Europe and, and Islam and see what, see what you think. Huge, huge, thousands ten, or tens of thousands of people walking in parade um, promoting Islam in, in, the, in, the, in the UK. Just hit this point because uh, it relates to what they just said. There are things that the government can do right now that nobody's talking about amongst the professional politicians in this race. What about all of the illegals who are already here? Here's the answer. There's 287G in Deport the law. them. That is a provision that already allows ICE agents to deputize or allow local law enforcement exactly. to enforce those ICE warrants. <clears throat> and it shocks me that nobody in the Republican Party is talking about it because there are one million then officials, law enforcement officials in this country, and against that backdrop, we absolutely have the ability to Thank deport you. anybody who's in this country illegally. Thank you, we Mr. Need to talk about more in this, in Thank this you, Governor. Exactly. Christie. I actually did that as governor of South Carolina. Governor Christie asked last night in Iowa whether he would be a dictator if he wins a second term in office. Donald Trump quipped, no, quote, except for day one, promising to seal the southern border. 
He has also pledged to begin the largest deportation operation in American history, saying that migrants are, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. He has pledged to round up and expel an estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants in the United States. What do you make of that plan? <laughs> I think it's completely predictable. It's an excellent plan. I 100% back it. I just think he needs to Ramaswamy to either be the vice president or some sort of advisor um, to, to get rid of uh, all the illegals and help build the wall. And Ramaswamy's idea that, the, that ICE can actually deputize law enforcement all over the, along the southern border to apprehend and turn them over to, the, to ICE is an excellent idea. Excellent. Uh, I did not know the, the, that capability till I heard him just say it. I mean, look, he's made it very clear. There's no mystery to what he wants to do. He started off his campaign by saying, I am your retribution. Eight years ago, he said, I am your voice. This is an angry, bitter man who now wants he to be back be. as president because he wants to exact retribution on anyone who has disagreed with him, anyone who has tried to hold him to account for his own conduct. And every one of these policies that he's talking about are about basically Chris Christie's a Democrat. And yet, at the first he's debate, a Democrat on the stage. My three colleagues on this stage, when asked if he would be convicted of federal felonies, would they still support him? I would. Raise their hand, looked into the camera. I would still support and let everybody him. Everybody know that they would still support him, even if convicted of felony. Yep, felonies. I would. Federal felonies, by the way, federal felonies which involve. Our election process, federal and fe felonies which involve the most sensitive of our Because he's being targeted. Secrets. Federal felonies where he instructed others to commit crimes. Lie. Folks who are now agreeing to go to jail because of what they did Lies. in his name. So do I think he was kidding when he said he was a dictator? All you have to do is look at the history. He was joking, And that's dick. why you know failing he was to speak out against him, making excuses for him, pretending that somehow he's a victim. What an asshole. He empowers him. You want to know why those poll numbers are where they are? Because folks like these three guys on the stage make it seem like his conduct is acceptable. Yeah, everybody's he wrong and you're clear. right. His conduct is unacceptable. He's unfit. And be careful of what you're going to get. If you ever got another Donald Trump term, he's letting you know, I am your retribution. Thank he will you. only be, Elizabeth, he will only be his own retribution. Oh, bullshit. He doesn't care for the American people. It's Donald Trump first. Thank you, Governor Christie. No, you, you're, it's you first, or you wouldn't be on the fucking stage. Thank Hear you. the booze? Thank you. Governor DeSantis, Donald Trump would be older on day one of his second presidency than Joe Biden was on day one of his first. It's not about age. It's about cognitive ability. If, you're, if your brain is intact, I don't care if you're 100 years old, but if your brain is not intact, then you're not fit for a presidency, whether you're 80 years old or whether you're 40 years old. You have said Trump is not the same man he was when he ran in 2016. Your campaign is running ads showing Trump confused. And you have said he has, quote, lost the zip on his fastball. You seem to be saying Donald Trump is no longer mentally fit to be president. Is that what you think? Look, he, he is showing father time is undefeated. The idea that we're going to put someone up there that's almost 80 and there's going to be no effects from that. We all know that that's not true. Answer the question. Um, so we have an opportunity to do a next generation of leaders. Here we go again. And really be able to move, move this country forward. We also
also need a president that can serve two terms. Answer the uh, fucking I question. Trump, I think he's gonna have. A, I don't think he'd be able to get elected. The Democrats want him to be the nominee. We see that. They are going to turn the screws. Answer the question. The he got the nomination, but do you think he's mentally fit to be president? I think we need to have somebody younger. I Answer the question. I don't think it's a job for that. But let me just respond to some of the things there. Look, uh, the media is making a big deal about wow. what he said about some of these comments. I would just remind people. Uh, that is not how he governed. He didn't even fire Dr. Fauci. He didn't fire Christopher Ray. He didn't clean up the swamp. He said he was going to drain it. He did not drain it. He said he was going to build a wall and have Mexico pay. Yeah, you didn't answer the goddamn question. And obviously you're not going to, just like last time. I mean, I think he'd be a good president, but boy, he likes to dodge those tough questions. We don't have the wall. Uh, he did. I'll give that to Chris Christie. You ask him a question, he answers it. Even if his, question, even if his position is bullshit. He still gives you a straight answer. Say in 2016, he'd have the largest deportation program. I mean, maybe part of that is because he doesn't have a prayer in hell of winning the nomination. In history, he deported less than Barack Obama did when Barack Obama was president. So some of the... Some the Barack Obama administration changed the definition of, deport, of, of uh, deportation. He changed it from stopping people at the border... Uh, I mean, he changed, changed it from throwing people out of the country uh, to include stopping people at the border. You're not being deported if you don't make it inside the country. So that's what inflates the numbers for Barack Obama. These policies he ran on in 16, I was cheering him on then, but he didn't deliver it. Here's what I can promise people. 100% of the things I promised as governor, I delivered on those promises. I beat the left time and time again. You won't beat Trump. Yes, win the election, but we've got to start getting these issues. I will go in and wreak havoc on this bureaucracy. You will see people fired, and we are going to bring a reckoning for how this government. Well, is. maybe next time, but not this time. Why isn't he just answering the question? The question was very direct. Is he fit to be president, or isn't he? The rest of the speech is interesting, but completely non-responsive. Good point. And if we were in a courtroom, they'd strike the answer and say... Answer the fucking question. No, they would say that you're a smart man. No, they would. No, they would. They would strike the answer because you're not answering. You just don't like. You have your. You have your thing. You have your thing. No, I don't have my thing. We don't. The thing is, we do not want to do. You're talking about being 80 years old. Doesn't mean that somebody could be elected. That's not the people that run. Shut up, DeSantis. You already said that. Oh my God! Answer the goddamn question. He won't answer. Right about that. I'll concede you're fit, Ron. You're a new generation. You're 44 <laughs> years old. I wish I was still 44 years old. Okay? 45. So, well, congratulations. I'd still take 45. <laughs> Is 
Is he fit or is he? And this is the problem with my three colleagues. They're afraid to offend. And See, let me I tell you I something. Want, if you're afraid, if you're afraid to offend Donald Trump, then what are you going to do when you sit across from President Xi, you sit across from the Ayatollah, you sit across from Putin? You have to be willing to offend with the truth. Okay. And answer the question. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I promise Ron DeSantis a minute and, and not a full minute. Second, it's not about offending. It's about politics. It's about pointing out, do you want to elect somebody who oh will my be God, I hate politicians. was when he went in 2021? Answer the fucking question. I don't question. think he was, he's as bad as Biden was at all. But I do think that over a four-year period, it is not a job for Answer somebody that's God damn question. We need somebody that's younger. We need somebody that's going to be I hate politicians. I really do. clean house okay. on day one so he, and do it for two terms. And I'll tell you my issue with all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you had sacked him in your Nikki book Hanley. a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the Good real point. enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And That's if you true. want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person? Now, people act like the deep state is some conspiracy theory myth. The deep state is simply people that work in government. Uh, they're they're unelected and and they just they're behind the scenes. They're members of the FBI. They're members of the CIA. They're they're members of uh, you know all the different uh, the NSA. They're members of different government organizations, and they work behind the scenes to manipulate the system, and they have for decades. You know, um, so I mean this this is nothing new. This is absolutely nothing new. Um, J. Edgar Hoover said, famously said, um, that, you know, you're president now, but I've been in power for a long time and I'll be in power for a long time after you're, you're no longer president. And <laughs> that's the deep state. If you don't want to know what the deep state is, that's the deep state. That's a good example of the deep state. On the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job. That the government lied to us for 20 years. Okay, I, I truly don't know what he means by January 6th was an inside job, but maybe he'll explain. Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11. That the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform. True. That the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech. True. That the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the National Security Establishment. Yep. Okay. That actually Thank put up the Trump-Russia collusion hopes that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person That'll on the stage who can Thank say you. these things. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday okay. morning quarterbacking and criticizing when it's That's a be. damn good point. Governor Christie. You do not favor a ban on trans medical treatments oh, for minors. Fuck saying you. it's a parental rights issue. The surgeries done on minors involve cutting off body parts wow. at a time when these kids cannot even legally smoke a cigarette. Kids who go Jeez from puberty Christ. blockers to cross sex hormones are at a much greater likelihood of winding up sterile. Yep. How is it that you think a parent should be able to okay these surgeries? 
not just sterile, but they can never enjoy sex again because it takes away all their all their all the nerve endings in their in their sexual organs. So they can't enjoy sex, and they can't have kids afterwards. They become sterile. So it, it completely destroys the rest of her life. Now, you, you, you can't give your 16-year-old permission to um, smoke cigarettes. You can't give your 16-year-old permission uh, to have a firearm, to have a handgun, specifically a handgun. You can't give your 16-year-old permission to drink alcohol. Um, and, you know, these are things, there's many things you can't, you can't, as a parent, you cannot give your, your children uh, permission to do. It's simply against the law, and that's that. So why would this be any different? Never mind the sterilization of a child. And aren't you way too out of step on this issue to be the Republican nominee? No, I'm not. Because, oh, you're not? because Republicans believe in less government, not more. In less involvement with government, not more in government involvement in people's lives. And you know what, Megan? I trust parents. Oh, fuck you. And we're out there saying that we should empower parents in education. We should empower parents to make more decisions about where their kids go to school. Well, I'm so full of shit. We should empower parents to be teaching the values that they believe yeah. in in their homes. Without yeah, we should be empowering parents to mutilate their own children, ruin their lives for the rest of the Ruin, ruin their life for, for the rest of their lives. The government telling them what those values should be. And yet, we want to take other parental rights away. I'm sorry. As a father of four, I believe there is no one who loves my children more than me. There's no one who loves my children more than my wife. Well, that may be true, but that doesn't mean that you get to make certain decisions. I've already listed off the decisions you're not allowed to make. And those decisions are minor compared to this. There's no one who cares more about their success and health in life than we do. Not some government bureaucrat, not some... You look at these jokers down in Congress. It takes them three weeks to pick a speaker. And up until two days ago... What does it have to do with what she asked somebody you? in the military in the United States Senate who earned their new rank. And we're going to put my children's health and my decisions yes. in their hands for them to in make this those case, decisions? Yes. For Joe Biden to make those decisions? For me and for my wife, let me just say this. This is not something I favor. I think it's a very, very dangerous thing to do. But that's my opinion as a parent, Megan. And I get to make the decisions about my children. Not, not on everything else. you don't. Every don't. parent out there who's watching tonight, you start to turn over just a little bit of this authority, the authority they're going to take from you next, you're not going to like. I'll stand yeah, up for bullshit. parents each and every time. So there are laws. So you set limitations on, your on, on what children can do. Smoking, I think, I think I heard somebody say smoking, but just now, but smoking, alcohol, uh, tattoos, various other things. You put, you, I think you can get a tattoo at 16 if you get parental permission. I'm not sure. I could be wrong about that. But you cannot give your child, and, and now marijuana is legalized in, in Ohio and various other places, recreational marijuana. Can you give your 16-year-old your uh, permission to smoke marijuana? Can you give them permission to smoke uh, cigarettes or a cigar or a pipe can you give them permission to use alcohol no you can't can you give them permission to vote no you can't he's full of shit i have a follow-up question for him and you guys are going to get to weigh in okay here's my follow-up question you talk about parental rights let's talk about it when you were governor in 2017 you signed a law that required new guidelines for schools dealing with transgender students. Those guidelines required schools 
to accept a child's preferred gender identity even if the minor's wow. parents objected. And it said that there is no duty for schools to notify parents if their son or daughter changes their gender identity, allowing this serious issue to remain a secret between the school and a child. Wow. How is any of that pro-parental rights? That's this is sick and twisted. That's simply not true. That's simply not You're true. Lying. That law was put into effect in 2018 and regulated in 2018 before I, after I was you out of office. The guidelines. No, it, no, we did not. Man. You mandated it. You're lying. Guidelines no. and you're wrong about that. Simply wrong. I have stood up each and every time. So I think if this uh, is this one issue that's disqualifying, it's this one. Well, it, you know, it, yeah, absolutely. I agree with Ramaswamy. Uh, you know, if anything disqualifies him, it's this one. I wouldn't vote for, I wouldn't vote for Chris Christie for a, as, as, a, as a goddamn dog catcher. Fuck him. He doesn't need to be in any type of political office. He needs, doesn't need to have any authority. Uh, he, needs to, he needs to get the hell off the public stage and, and stop making a fool of himself. So you support parents mutilating their children and ruining the rest of their lives. Go fuck yourself. And now we just found out that he's a hypocrite based on, what, on, on the law that he mandated. I, I stood up every single time for parents to be able to make the decisions for their minor children. Yeah. Parents, Every single time, parents should make those decisions. And by the way, you know what? Every once in a while, parents are going to make decisions that we disagree with. Jesus Christ. But the minute you start to take those rights away from Bullshit. parents, you don't know that slippery slope, what oh, rights yeah. are going to be taken away okay. next, and you what's going to be taken away next. As a parent, you do not have the right to abuse your kids. This is... Exactly. Amen. These are irreversible procedures, uh, and this is something that other countries in Europe, like Sweden, right. once they started doing it, they saw it did incalculable damage. They've shut it down. I signed legislation in Florida banning the mutilation of minors because right. it is wrong. We cannot allow this to happen in this country. And, and I know Chris disagrees with me, and I think he has an honest position. Oh, fuck uh, Nikki disagrees with me. She opposes the bill that we did to ban that. She said the law should get involved not. with it. You said the law shouldn't get involved with it. She also, though, I think, and this is flows from what she did as governor of South Carolina, you know, they had a bill to try to say that men shouldn't go into girls' bathrooms. And she killed that bill, and she bragged oh, that she killed me. that bill. Even to this day, she bragged that. I don't think men should be going into little girls' bathrooms. Me either. Again, amen. Chris Christie and uh, I think the you know, Nikki Haley can get off the fucking stage. Is a mental health disorder. Yes, we don't it let is. you smoke a cigarette by the age of 18. We don't let you have an addictive drink of alcohol by the age of 21. And I just challenge Ron DeSantis to go one step further and support what I think is clearly within the authority to do using federal funds just like Reagan did in 84 for the Highway Act that said the minimum drinking age needs to be 21. I agree. We can do the same thing when it comes to banning genital mutilation or chemical castration. Yes, absolutely. Also, medical that's marijuana should be 21. That's that's where I, be at. Go ahead. I don't know if it is or not, but it should be. So first of all, Ron has continued to lie because he's losing. No, it's it's just, lie. you are lying. You so said first it on of, tape. So first of all, I will say. Don't say things on tape if you're going to lie about it later. Ten years ago, when the bathroom situation came up, I, we had maybe a handful of kids that we're dealing with an issue. And I said, we don't need to bring government into this, but boys go into boys' bathrooms, girls go into girls' bathrooms. Okay, so she's playing a word game. 
boys go into boys' bathrooms, girls go into girls' bathrooms. And what she's, what she's not saying, you know, a lie of omission. She's not saying, you know, trans, somebody who's a guy that says he's a girl. Uh, we'll just count him as a girl and let him go into the girl's bathroom. That's what she's not saying. It's called a lie of omission, people. It's disgusting. It's, it's underhanded. It's sophistry. And uh, that's what she's doing. And if anyone else has an issue, they use a private bathroom. Now, 10 years later, we see that this issue has exploded. And this shows how hypocritical Ron continues to be. When he was running for governor and they asked him about that, he said he didn't think bathroom bills were a good use of his time. You can go look that up. I signed a bathroom bill in Florida. He signed one. No. I mean, come on, man. So... The idea that you would say that I, I was against it, you that. You didn't. You killed it. I signed it. I we stood didn't. up for little girls. You didn't do it. And there was this going on. I was actually just in South Carolina. Some of the legislators told me at the time there were boys going into the girls. That's the reason were. why they no, did no, it. No, 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 no. And so they say when she does that explanation that that doesn't hold water. And this is the upstate of South Carolina. Ron. I signed the bill. I protected the girls. Do you know girls. South Carolina? She did not do, do you know it. South Carolina's. You are not going to talk about my state like that because I will tell you for a fact Don't lie, then. South Carolinians never allowed that to happen and we hadn't we did not have that issue at the time. What I have always said is boys go into a boys bathroom, girls go into a girls bathroom. But hold on one second. I also say that biological boys shouldn't be playing in girls sports and that wasn't I will the question. do everything I can to stop that because it's the women's issue. That's not the issue. Time. I signed Thank you, guys. We're going to move on. Mr. Ramaswamy, when discussing your Hindu faith in September, you seem to take a shot at Ambassador Haley, who is also Indian-American and who converted to Christianity as an adult. You said, an easy thing for me to do, being a politician, is to shorten my name, profess to be a Christian, and then run. Make Vivek Vicky or whatever, end quote. Are you questioning Nikki Haley's Christian convictions? And why has your campaign made a point of referring to Ambassador Haley by her given first name, Nimarada, even though she has gone by Nikki for her whole life? Well, my whole deal is if Nikki Haley, of all people, should know how to pronounce my name correctly, the rest of the news media can learn it. My deal is I'll call her Nikki when she can say my own name right. That's our little fun side bet there. Here's what I will say is deeper. I don't question her faith, but I question her authenticity. And I think that's deeper here. We were just talking about the trans issue. This is a symptom of a deeper cancer in American life identity politics i agree this new religion that says 100 your gender and your sexuality are your identity it is anti-american it's it a fight on reality it's anti-meritocratic and it is dividing this it's anti-reality to a breaking point and i've spoken about this to the left my books are all about this i preach this to the left but it's you know this is the thing again we've switched from an objectivist society where there's objective facts objective reality to a, to a subjectivist society uh, also on, also known as a, a postmodernist society, to where everybody gets their own facts, everybody gets their own reality. It's all based on feelings and to be damned with the truth. That's absolutely a fact. And so we coddle people with, with mental illness instead of trying to uh, treat their mental illness. Even worse when Republicans try to play the same game. We're talking about that trans issue. And Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party, 
and criticize Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who is kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem, using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris. Okay, sending your children to die so she can buy a bigger house is a pretty goddamn, it's a, it's a one hell of a stretch and a pretty bad low blow. And I, I don't agree with that. A form of intellectual and election and stand there to donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer I agree. from the left. And I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from criticism. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Governor Haley, would you like to respond? No. It, it's not worth my time to respond to him. You Yeah. Wait a second. You responded to everything else. You're not going to re respond to that? Come on, man. That just means you don't have a valid response. You don't, you don't have a scripted response, and so you're not, you, you can't think off the cuff on that one. And so you're not, gonna, you're not going to. It's not that you're not going to bother her, it's beneath you. It's that you can't. Can I give you a response to the question that was to you? Okay, we're going to move on to this. Now, by arrangement uh, with the Republican National Committee, we've got two questions for you about the Justice Department and our election system. Here's Tom Fitton with Judicial Watch. Governor Christie, this one's for you. President Trump and many of his supporters claim federal law enforcement agencies have abused his civil rights for the last eight years. This is Tom Fitton, if you didn't hear. Among other things, spying on him and now prosecuting him while having treated Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden with kid gloves. A recent Gallup poll shows that Americans think more highly of the U.S. Postal Service than they do the FBI or Justice Department. What would you do as president to restore the faith of the American people in these agencies well first off i'm the only person on this stage who's actually done a job in the department of justice i was the u.s attorney in new jersey in the fifth largest office yeah, we know. in this country appointed by president bush on september 10th, get to the answer 2001 and it was an extraordinary time in this country to be on the front lines of fighting the greatest attack against our country get to the answer since pearl harbor and I'm proud of the seven years I spent. Okay, we know. Justice Get to the Department. answer. And one of the reasons I am is because I had an attorney general when I came in named John Ashcroft. And John Ashcroft stood up and told each and every one of us our job was to do one thing. To make sure justice was done every day regardless of partisanship, regardless of gender or race or any other consideration. And that's what we did for seven years. And at a time when our country was at its greatest moment of danger in the last 40 years, we did exactly that. And there was not another domestic terrorist attack on this soil. Okay, so what was the answer? As president, having had that experience, and the only one who's had that experience, is to pick an attorney general who will absolutely do the same thing that John Ashcroft did. That, that's wonderful, but you already, you already blew your chances with anybody that has any sense of decency, morality, and common sense by your position on uh, letting letting adults, letting letting parents destroy their lives, destroy the lives of their children through so-called transgender. 
to pick U.S. attorneys who will only care about making sure that justice is done without regard to any other consideration but the facts that are presented and whether someone is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and the government can prove it. We have had attorneys general like Eric Holder and Loretta Lynch and Jeff Sessions and now our current attorney general who have not met that standard. And the only way you restore people's faith in the justice system is to put someone like that in charge of the Justice Department and then as president to get at the hell out of the way on anything that involves criminal investigations. If a president's involved in trying to do something and put their thumb on the scales, Donald Trump says he will do, that makes people much less likely to Whatever. be the justice system. Thank you. Wrap it up. Many Republicans are concerned about the legitimacy of elections. A federal judge just ruled that Pennsylvania must count undated mail-in ballots. And unlike Alabama, many states still don't require any identification. Jesus Christ. What should states do now to increase elections? Everything you do as an adult, you have to have a, uh, you have to have a valid state ID. But for voting for the, the leader of the, of, the, of the free world of this nation, you don't need a valid ID. You can just... You, you, you can, they'll just have to take your word for it that that's who you are. ...integrity and voter confidence for the 2024 election. Well, Tom, thanks for the question. Thanks for what you guys do at Judicial Watch. It's really, really important. There's a lot of corruption in this government. You guys are doing a great job. What you should do for election integrity is do what we did in Florida. 20 years ago, Florida and elections was a joke. Everybody would laugh at it. Uh, I came in, I removed a couple supervisors from South Florida. We require voter ID universal, no Zuckerbucks, no mass mail balloting, and no ballot harvesting. There you go. We even have an agency that prosecutes people uh, for violating election laws. The result of that in both 2020 and 2022, we counted millions and millions of votes on election night produced the results, it was transparent, and everybody was happy. That is not get better than that. throughout this country. Let me tell you this as the nominee. I think it's important. Not every state's where we need it to be. There is ballot harvesting in places like Nevada, all these places. I am not going to fight with one hand tied behind my back. I'm going to have organizations in all the swing states. If they're harvesting, we're harvesting. If they're Zuckerbucks, there you go. We are going to exploit whatever the rules are. I favor changing the rules to be like Florida and some of the other states that have done a good job. But until then, we have to do that. And then just on the Justice Department and FBI. I mean, I remember being, uh, you know, in Iraq working with FBI on the ground and being, uh, and then I was a special assistant. I used to have such a high regard for these agencies. What they now. did to Donald Trump with the Russia collusion was one of the biggest abuses of power yep. in the history of our country. These lost all cre- they lost all credibility. Uh, with me, you'll have a new FBI director on day one. Uh, we're going to clear out the DOJ, the IRS, all these places. There you go. Buckle your seatbelts. There's going to be a new sheriff in town. Thank you. Excellent. Right, Excellent. Break. You're not going to be the nominee. But good, good stuff for the next... Uh, good stuff for the next... Uh, nominee when you're when you know you can run in 2028 and you'll probably be my pick gop presidential primary debate of 2023 we're going to talk about our college campuses starting with you ambassador haley house republicans yesterday hauled elite university presidents up to capitol hill to answer for the displays of anti-semitism on college campuses these leaders including the president of harvard were asked whether calling for the genocide of the Jews would violate school policies against harassment and intimidation. 
All of them said it would depend on the context, wow. including whether that speech veers into conduct. How do you think these schools and the rest of society should balance the imperative of free speech against the need to prevent radical activists from harassing and intimidating others? None of these schools give a shit about free speech. Uh, they've, they've allowed uh, people to protest and riot and shut down uh, speakers that come in because they're conservative. Um, they, they've allowed people to try to intimidate people that have different viewpoints than them. None of these, absolutely, and they've not just done it to uh, students and, and, and speakers that were invited to campus, but they've also done it to some of their own faculty. None of these, none of these universities give a, give a rat's ass about freedom of speech. But all of a sudden now, when, when people are calling for uh, the genocide of, of all the Jews in the world, and, and especially the Israelis, now they care about free speech. They, they, have, they, should, they have a code of conduct in their, in, the, in their universities, have they said in the past when they used it as a hammer. Uh, but now they've decided, no, 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 forget about the code of conduct. We're going to go with the U.S. Constitution. That's awfully convenient. It was disgusting to see what happened. You know, if this had been the KKK that was doing protests on those campuses, every one of those college presidents would have been up in arms. Exactly. This is just as bad. The idea that they would go and allow that kind of pro-Hamas protest or agree with the genocide of Jews and try and say that they needed context on that, there is no context to that. This How is could what we be? need to do to deal with it. First of all, we have got to get foreign money out of our universities. You've got Arab money, you've got Chinese money, you've got others. Oh, I agree with we that. We need to go to every university and say you either take foreign money or you take American money, but the days of taking both are over. Exactly. The second thing we need to do... Exactly. The second thing we need to do is we need... Biden made a mistake not including anti-Zionism in the definition of anti-Semitism. If you don't think that Israel has a right to exist. That is anti-Semitic. We will change the definition so that every government, every school has to acknowledge the yep. definition for what it is. The third thing is we really do need to ban TikTok once and for all. These and are excellent ideas. For every 30 minutes that someone watches give it to TikTok, every day, they become 17% more anti-Semitic, more pro-Hamas based on doing that. We now know that 50% of adults 18 to 25 think that Hamas was warranted in what they did with wow. Israel. That's a problem. When campuses also don't go and protect when they have these rallies and you've got students that are scared, we need to go to these universities and say, if you're not going to protect these students, if you're not going to acknowledge anti-Semitism, we'll take your tax-exempt status away. That'll fix it. And that'll take care of Amen. Perfect. Perfect answer. Thank you, Ambassador Haley. On October 6th, the Israeli government thought it had a clear-eyed view of the threat from Hamas. In fact, according to the New York Times, it even had Hamas's attack plan. Yeah, according to the New York Times. The Israelis were wrong. In our country, the FBI director told the Senate panel just yesterday that he sees, quote, blinking red lights everywhere and that the threat level has, quote, gone to a whole nother level since October 7th. Which of the threats facing our country do you worry could blind... Uh, of course, of course, the, there, there's threats everywhere, especially after October 7th, because they're emboldened by what they did in, in Israel. And if you don't think that they would, they would love to do it in, in the rest of the Western world, in Europe and the United States, especially the United States, if you don't think that they would love to do the same thing here, then, then you're absolutely delusional. Side us. What worries me 
And what keeps me up at night is what happens between now and Election Day while Joe Biden's in office. That's what worries me more than anything else. But I'll tell you that America right now is acting like it's September 10th. We better remember what September 12th felt like yep. because it only takes one. And whether you're looking at open borders that are allowing people to come in, Iran knows the easiest way to get to America is through the southern border. Yep. And we're not doing anything to stop it. No, we're not. We've got to get the foreign infiltration out of our country, whether it's in our schools, whether it's on our social media, whether it's we need to stop all foreign lobbying that's happening to members of Congress. And we need to start securing America again. Until we do that, we are going to be at threat. We've got to look at Iran, China, and Russia want to destroy the West. We Absolutely. have to start acting strong again. We've got to start protecting Americans. Right now, Americans don't feel protected, and we're not doing anything to strengthen it. So Joe Biden no, continues not. to be a problem. That'll change on Election Day. That southern border is wide open for any terrorist from anywhere around the world, including the Middle East, to, including Gaza, to, to come right in, or Iran, and, and to come right in and do the same thing that they did in Israel. If China invades Taiwan, would you send American troops as President Biden has said he would do? We will be able to deter that from happening. I think that's the important thing. We need a strategy that's not a straight of denial answer. so that we're deterring Xi's ambitions. What if it doesn't he work? Want, it's going to work. Taiwan's that's not an answer. We have long-standing American policy. Here and, we go again. And, and you know how that's done, and we will follow that. I like DeSantis, uh, but, but he doesn't thing. give straight answers. Taiwan is important not just because of semiconductors. It's important because if China is able to break out of this first island chain, Answer they're the going to be able to dominate question. commerce in the entire Indo-Pacific. They will use that to export authoritarianism all around the world, including here God in the United States. You look at some of these guys, actually some of them that are supporting Nikki on Wall Street, they grovel to China. Uh, anytime something happens, they got to go do that. So they already exert a huge amount of authority uh, over this country. It will get a lot worse. So deterring China's ambitions is the number one national security uh, task that I will do as president, and we will succeed. The 21st century needs to be an American century. We cannot let it be a Chinese century. Mr. Yeah, that I agree with. The last part I agree with. He still didn't answer the fucking question, though. On Taiwan, you said if you want to stop Xi from invading Taiwan, quote, let's open a branch of the NRA in Taiwan and put an AR-15 in the hands of every family and train them how to use it. Absolutely. That will give Xi a taste of American exceptionalism. There you go. Amen. The national police in Taiwan announced a zero gun policy last year. That's stupid. Is this a serious policy proposal? And if it isn't, why do you keep repeating it? Well, it's part of a broader deterrence strategy. And so I think I'm going to respectfully disagree with Ron here. I think the next U.S. president needs to be crystal clear that at least for the foreseeable future, the U.S. will absolutely defend Taiwan. And it is with that clarity that we actually achieve deterrence. Well, see, that's but a straight a answer. Strategy than that. We need to get on side in our relationship with India. Take it to the next level. I agree. India has to be able to block the end India could be a huge ally. Where China gets most of its Middle Eastern oil supplies. That's critical. I also do believe the Second Amendment is a critical way of preventing foreign autocrats yep. from being able to... It's worked in America. Why wouldn't it work in Taiwan? So it is it part would. of a broader strategy. But I do think that we need to be specific about our deterrent strategy or else Xi Jinping is just encroaching by the day. And the reason why we're not doing it for China, I want to be crystal clear. He's, he's so good on so many issues. Why are we scared? Because we depend on them for our modern way of life. Why do we depend on them for our modern way of life? It's because Nikki Haley's latest friends like Larry Fink 
have created commingled economies with BlackRock, it's true. Dylan, Exxon, and Chevron. They can't drill here. She can smirk, but it's true. China not applying those same constraints in China. So it is our economic dependence on China that makes us scared. If that were a Russian spy balloon, we'd have shot it down in an instant. Yep. If that were a Russian spy base in Cuba, we'd be turning the we'd be we'd be actually going hard on them. Instead but not of China. The we let China get away China. with it. So it comes back down to that economic dependence. We cannot depend on them for our pharmaceuticals, our semiconductors, and people have been lied to for a long time. Our own military, the F-35 jets that we make in this Thank country, you. depend on China. Yeah, that's ridiculous. To fix that broken Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. And I 100% agree with him. 100%. I mean, when it comes to China and Taiwan, the one way that we keep China from going into Taiwan is, one, make sure that we win in Ukraine that we protect our friends, but also let China know that there'll be hell to pay if they go into Taiwan. They need to know that there is going to be a force that's going to go against them. And they need to know it's exactly. not just going to be the United States. That is why we need to build our partnerships with India, with South Korea, with Japan, with the Philippines, with Australia. We need to start pulling that alliance together. Yep. And the first way we do that is we need to make sure that on day one we look at the fact Whatever, if China pulled the rug out from under us tomorrow, would we be ready? No, we Think wouldn't. Think about what happened during COVID. Everybody told you to wear a mask. They were made in China. Everybody Jesus told Christ. you to take a COVID test. They were made in China. Everybody went and, I mean, everything that happened, if you go to the drugstore, all those medicines are made in See, China. See, that's, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. We are not relying on China for anything related to our national security, which means let's start focusing on doing deals Thank with you. our friends now. Thank yeah, you. including India. Governor Christie, I'd like you to weigh in on that. Do you think arming every family in Taiwan with an AR-15 is a plausible policy? You know, I, I don't think we have constitutional authority over uh, Taiwan to... Give them a second amendment. I think they can only do that for themselves. But of look, course, we're going to encourage it. I want to be really clear. Once again, I want to play the role of actually answering your question, which is if China went after Taiwan, you're absolutely right. I would, as president, have us go militarily and defend them. Uh, secondly, I'm not afraid, based upon those economic relationships, to do that. Well, those are good answers. I just wish you didn't no, support uh, mutilating no, children. If what's going to happen is that China is going to come and act in that region of the world, however they see fit. It's not right. And, and, and I'll say this about um, what, you know, I heard from Nikki earlier. She said that Donald Trump was good on trade. He wasn't. And the proof that he wasn't good on trade with China is that all he did was impose tariffs, which raised the prices for every American. You want to know what has contributed to inflation in this country? Yes, it's more government spending. Yes, it's the fact that we're printing too much money. Absolutely. But it is also the increase in prices that were driven by Thank Donald you. Trump's tariffs. And, and one last thing. You can't you have to have tariffs. say he was good on trade because he didn't trade. He didn't change one Chinese policy in the process. He failed on it. Thank you, Governor Christie. Governor DeSantis, switching subjects here. For 15 years, Republicans have been burned by politicians' promises to repeal Obamacare. Trump repeatedly promised to replace it with, quote, something terrific, but failed to propose anything. Yeah, he did fail on that. You're now promising I'll give you something that. better. But Florida has more uninsured people than almost any other state. Why should Americans trust you more than any other Republicans oh, disappointed them on this issue. Well, I think we have millions of Americans who do not have access to affordable 
health care. And it's not just getting some type of card and Medicaid, because a lot of times they don't even get access to doctors. You actually get access to care. Uh, the other thing is we have millions and millions of people who don't have access to good doctors and good hospitals. Florida did not expand Obamacare. I think the states that did that, uh, I think, are struggling financially. So that, yes, we declined well, to do still that. you have the most uninsured the people. Right policy to do. Uh, but we are going to go after What's the, the fix cost. For that? You're paying too much for everything. We've actually addressed this in Florida in some ways, but you need price transparency. You need to hold the pharmaceuticals accountable. You need to hold big insurance and big government accountable. And we're going to get that done. I think it's very, very important economically. I think it's very, very important for, for the country. That uh, we get still, that done. still, you didn't do it. Yeah, so, so I actually wanted to, this is a very personal issue to our family. I wanted to take actually a minute to recognize my wife who's here today. Badass surgeon. She did a bunch of cases with cancer survivors earlier today. Flew here to be not tonight. We'll be back at 7 a.m. in Columbus, Ohio tomorrow, taking care of those patients in the OR. Oh, he's in Columbus. And on the front lines of people out of who Columbus. have actually not swallowed for years. And here's what's something that's awful that's happening in our healthcare system. They'll pay for anything like feeding tubes, doctors to be pill pushers, but for the procedures that can actually make these patients better. We have a broken healthcare system that doesn't pay for it. That's true. My wife, Apoorva, in many cases, does not get paid for those procedures. She does them anyway because it's the right thing to do. But that does not work system-wide. So here's the answer. No, it doesn't. We don't have a healthcare system in this country. We have a sick care system. That's true. We need true. to start having diverse insurance options in a competitive marketplace that cover actual health. Preventative medicine, diet, exercise, lifestyle, and otherwise. And okay. here's how we deliver that. End the antitrust exemptions for health insurance companies. Yep. That's where the competitive marketplace begins. Next that's question capitalism, for you. And that's the He's answer. right. Okay, through Operation Wolf Steed, the Trump administration and private industry developed a COVID vaccine in record time. The program protected the drug companies from virtually all lawsuits over vaccine injuries. The government has a program to compensate for such harm, but critics say it is a black hole of bureaucracy. 12,000 claims filed, 10% decided, only eight payouts so far in a forum with no right to counsel, no hearings, no appeals. Mr. Trump says he's very proud of warp speed. Should he be? Well, this question specifically on liability goes back to actually Reagan. And Reagan is a president who I admire. Many of us do. I think that reviving that spirit is in many ways going to be good for this country in so many ways. But one of the areas where he erred was this special form of lobbying to say that one kind of manufacturer, a vaccine manufacturer, cannot be sued for their product liability. So I have pledged it is part of my legislative agenda. We will repeal that, just like we will repeal every other form of crony capitalism. I honestly think People he's got a good point on that. By those vaccines deserve accountability. They cannot be forgotten Americans. And I think one of the top Trump's not perfect. I never thought he was. Is that free speech in this Nobody country is. is most important in those alleged times of emergency. If we had been allowed to openly debate the merits of those vaccines, they would have been never mandated in the way that they were. And in general, I don't think that we should want capitalism and democracy to share the same bed anymore. It's time for a clean divorce. Let companies be companies, but I don't like the crony capitalism. This dates back a long time in both parties. And I... Yeah, crony capitalism has to be has to be done has to be done away with. It's it's basically socialism capitalism mixed for big companies. That we need to end the lobbying, and I personally believe that if you have been working in the government, you should not lobby that government for ten years. Yep. If you have been a government elected official doing deals with companies, be they Boeing or be they pharmaceutical companies, 
you should not join the board of that company for Agreed. 10 years after. Agreed. The former chairman of the FDA, the leader commissioner of the FDA, ended up on the board of Pfizer. Nikki Haley did deals with Boeing, ends up on the board of Boeing. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. We need some basic principles that end yeah. the corruption in government. Exactly. That's how we got the health insurance exemptions. That's how we got the pharmaceutical product liability okay. exemptions. Thank you. We end the corruption. We exactly. Need, Thank you. We need a reckoning for what this government did during COVID-19. That includes the MNRA shots. They put it out. It was experimental. People wanted it. Then the government started trying to mandate it to say you don't have a right to put food on your table if you don't take an MNRA shot that was under emergency use. Wow. They tried to uh, take nurses away. Now, in Florida, we blocked that. We provided protections for everybody so that they wouldn't lose their job. You also have the FDA approving an MNRA shot for six-month-old babies. There was no wow. data to support that. They're doing it because big pharma will make money. So I'm going to go true. in there, CDC, NIH, FDA. We're going to clean house. There's going to be a reckoning because right now nobody's been held accountable for any of the damage. And they're going to try to do it again. When I'm COVID shots for a six-month-old baby. Ridiculous. Ever again. Thank you, Governor. Don't get me wrong. I took, I took Moderna. I took the, they had two shots you had to take. They had, it was the first shot, and then 28 days later, exactly 28 days later, you had to take a second shot. Um, and that's the one, when I asked the pharmacist which one would he recommend, that's the one he highly recommended. And so I took his word for it. Uh, I, they, he said 50% of people uh, for both shots um, end up having you know mild symptoms, a little bit of a fever, upset stomach, nausea, you know, all that. Um, I didn't have any symptoms at all for either shot, period, nothing. Uh, and then a bunch of lunatics said, well, you know, you got your shot, and that's why you got cancer. Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer before I got the Moderna shot. So those people are absolute fucking lunatics. You stub your toe, and it's because you took the uh, the vaccine. Oh, you took the vaccine. That's what made you fuck your toe up. So, you know, there's, there's a bunch of fucking lunatics out there. And I have to acknowledge those lunatics on, on whichever side of the political spectrum they're on. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, although I haven't taken any of the booster shots, and I, I don't plan on it. Okay, closing statements. Republican primary debate here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're going to do one final question before closing statements, and we want to get you all in, so we're going to give you 45 seconds for this last one. Governor Christie, we're going to start with you. Which former president would you draw inspiration from for your own presidency, and why? I would draw inspiration from Ronald Reagan. Um, in the last uh, year, I've spent a lot of time writing a book about President Reagan, that's going to be called What Would Reagan Do? That book's going to come out early in 2024. And what I learned more than anything else was a Do you think Reagan would let their let let um, their parents? I hate to keep harping on this, but this is a gigantic issue. Probably one of the most important, if not the most important issue in the nation. Definitely the most domestic issue. Uh, would would Reagan? You really think that Reagan would allow uh, parents to mutilate their children and ruin their lives through uh, some kind of transition? Uh, to the opposite sex, do you, do you really, well, not the opposite gender, you can't change your sex. You can't really change your gender. Gender, it's all made up bullshit. 
But do you really think that Reagan would support that kind of crazy shit? Yeah, you're writing the book. I, I hope you're smart enough to keep that part out. I assume you are. Ronald Reagan was a slave to the truth. Ronald Reagan stood up for the truth, whether it was popular or unpopular at the moment. In 1964, he stood up against the John Birch Society when it was very unpopular to the party to do it, but he would not put up with our party standing for lies and deceit, even it gave him political progress. That's the kind of president that I will be, and I would draw that inspiration from the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. Ambassador Haley? Well, I have to say, too, I think George Washington, when you look at the responsibilities he had of how do you go and take on this great American experiment and make sure that the people are protected, and they always knew that government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. And then you look at Abraham Lincoln, and you look at the challenges, and you look at the division that happened in our country, and the ability to lead in spite of the loud noises and say, what will bring out the best in people to get us to go forward is always something that's important. And I think we need that now more than ever. Both good answers. Uh, Reagan, Washington, Lincoln, excellent. Uh, one of the guys I'll take inspiration from is Calvin Coolidge. Now, people don't talk about him a lot. He's one of the few presidents that got almost everything right. He understood the proper role of the federal government under the Constitution. We need to restore the U.S. Constitution as the centerpiece of our national Absolutely. life. And that requires a president who understands the original understanding of the Constitution, who has a good sense of the Bill of Rights, and who knows how we've gone off track with this massive Absolutely. fourth branch of government, uh, this administrative state which is imposing its will on us and is being weaponized against us. So silent cow knew the proper role of the federal government. Yep. The country was in great shape when, when he was president of the United States. And we can earn, earn, learn a awful lot from Calvin Coolidge. Over to you, Mr. Ron. All good answers. Even from Chris Christie. I will say Ron picked a president who was born on July 4th. I'll pick one who died on July 4th. It's Thomas Jefferson. He was 33 years old when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. And you all are sitting on a swivel chair today. He invented the swivel chair while he was at it while writing that Declaration of Independence. That's that founding spirit that we miss, that we're the pioneers, we're the explorers, the guy who sent him out on the Lewis and Clark expeditions. And I think a lot about what would Thomas Jefferson say to today's Republican Party. And I think one thing he'd remind us of, we haven't talked about it as much tonight, but I think it is one of the interesting ideological discussions we're having in our party is freedom of speech. Yep. You get to... Freedom of speech is A number one. Even if I hate every single thing you say, even if I hate you for saying it, you still have the right to say it. And, you know, the fact that the United States is the only country, the only nation in the entire world that has true freedom of speech is, uh, is, is a feather in our cap. Express your mind freely, no matter how heinous the opinion. Thomas Jefferson understood that. All right. An inspiration Thank you, for sir. Me. Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. And believe it or not... <laughs> It's time for closing statements. Governor Christie, would you like to begin? Sure, thank you. I want you all to kind of picture in your minds election day. You'll all be heading to the polls to vote. And that's something that Donald Trump will not be able to do. Because he will be convicted of felonies before then. And his right yeah, to you vote hope. will be taken away. You know? You hope it will. You, look, here's the bottom line. You can He supported Donald Trump all through the election. Uh, he supported Donald Trump um, and, and gave him, you know, an A-plus 
after his first term in office. And then after he left office, that's when he turned on Trump. The guy's got mental problems. Continue to deny reality. But if we deny reality as a party, we're going to have four more years of Joe Biden. You're for parents denying reality. Raised their hands and said they would support him even if he was a convicted. Yep, fan. I would. The bigger problem and will. with it is they were confirming the lies he's told to the American people. If you're too timid to take on Trump, believe me, I support Trump. Others will get, will see that timidity. Xi, Putin, and the Ayatollah, the border crossers on the southern border, and the criminals in our streets will sense that timidity. And they'll take advantage of that failure of leadership. We need to get back to an old American idea that every person is responsible for their own conduct. You're a even fool. A president. You're I'm a fool. A president who has the humility that knows that you work for the people. It's not. You're not working for the children. That's for goddamn sure. I will earn your trust. I want to earn your vote. Thank you, Governor. You Christine. don't have my trust, Mr. and you don't work for the children. I'll use this to just address a topic we didn't talk about tonight, but I think is one of the most important topics that needs to be discussed. That is this climate change agenda that is shackling this country like a set of handcuffs. I said it the first debate and I stand by it. The climate change agenda is a hoax because it has nothing to do with the climate. That's right. what we have to see. 98% reduction in the climate disaster related deaths in the last century. Eight times as many people are going to die of cold temperatures this year than warm ones. Yet against that backdrop, there's an issue coming up in Iowa. It's core to Iowa farmers. I met Kim Junker, Kathy Stockdale, and other farmers who are about to have a carbon capture pipeline built across their land using eminent domain to do it. That's unconstitutional and it's wrong. And if you thought COVID was bad, what's coming with this climate agenda is far worse. I agree. We should not be bending the knee to this new religion. That is what it is. It is a substitute for a modern religion. We are flogging ourselves and losing our modern way of life. Right. Bowing to this new god okay. of climate, and that will end on my watch. Thank it's you, Ambassador Haley. That's coming up. Thank you. Excellent answer. Thank you very much. Our country is in chaos. We see it on the southern border. We see it in our on our streets and our cities. We see it on college campuses. We feel it with our economy, with inflation, and with debt. And we feel it around the world with wars in Europe and within the Middle East. Very true. We have to stop the chaos, but you can't defeat Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. Okay, that's true. And that's what Donald Trump gives us. No, that's not true. That's bullshit. My approach is different. No drama, no vendettas, no whining. I envision an America where we're protected from illegal immigration and Chinese infiltration. I envision and you don't think that's going to cause conflict and chaos? You don't think the Democrats are going to fight like hell against that? But more importantly, I envision an America where we rediscover our national purpose and our pride. Thank you. Now, when she says chaos, is she talking about all the chaos from the left with their rioting and their attacking uh, federal federal buildings uh, because of uh, because they disagreed with the Republican politics? They disagreed with Trump. Is that is that the, is that the uh, chaos she's talking about because if you're going to do what's right if you're going to stand up for what's right that's going to happen there's no way of avoiding that i crush joe biden in thank the polls you. and thank if you. you give me this chance we will crush him in november and take our thank country you, back Governor. go to nikki thank Haley. You, ambassador Haley.
We are in jeopardy, jeopardy of being the first generation of Americans to leave to our kids and grandkids in America less prosperous and less free than the one we inherited. I refuse to sit, sit idly by and let that happen. Sadly, the kids and the grandkids want it. They, they, they want less freedom. Uh, they, want, they, they, they don't think America should be prosperous. Uh, they, they'd love to, the downfall of the United States and, and Western civilization in general. So it's very sad, but it's a large portion of the population. But we've got to have people that are going to be willing to fight the people that are doing this to us. You can't be these establishment Republicans that just cave at the first sign of opposition. I'll fight for you. We also need to win again as a party. Yes, win the election, which we've struggled to do, but also win on these big issues. And nobody has defeated these people more than what I have done in the state of Florida on issue after issue. We have won and we have won big, and that's what we'll do for you. We also need leadership. Leadership is not about doing what's easy. It's about being willing to set up that Thank vision, you. knowing they're going to shoot arrows at you. They're going to come at you. Thank I will you. Find the good You're side. describing what Trump I will did. Keep the faith that I will finish Thank the race. You. Thank you and God bless Thank you. you. Okay, that's the end of the debate, folks. I hope you enjoyed my running commentary. I hope I didn't talk over top of the candidates too much. If I did, you have my apologies. Again, I, I, I tried not to because I watched the, I watched the, or I didn't watch, I listened to Tim Pool and uh, his, his uh, guests or co-hosts or whatever uh, watch the debate live, which means he had no chance to pause and speak. And uh, they laughed and giggled and, and talked over quite a bit of the uh, and I'm a, I'm a Tim Pool fan, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched. And I wouldn't have listened in the first place. But they they all talked and giggled and screamed and said all sorts of things over top of uh, the questions and the answers, which I found quite frustrating. And I, I'm still a Tim Pool fan, but you know I I know that people are desperate to be the first people to you know cover the Republican debate, and I know the the best way to be the first or one of the first is to do a running commentary during the, during the debate. Um, I just think it could have done better. And uh, I'm glad that I was busy and couldn't do it and, and was able to record it, uh, snatch the recording, and uh, do it this way. That way I, c I could talk a little bit while they were talking. I could make comments throughout. But I could also pause it quite a bit for a few seconds and get my two cents worth in without, without completely making it difficult for you to understand what they were saying and what their points were because you're, 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 you know, you, okay, I'm giving you my, my perspective on, on what they're saying, but you truly want to hear what they have to say. I'm just giving, I'm just giving you my view of what, of what they say and what they haven't done. Uh, I'm still a, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm going to vote for, for uh, Donald Trump. DeSantis is my next pick, but my, my close third would be Ramaswamy. It would be Vivek Ramaswamy. Would be my close third. Um, I, I was the. I think DeSantis did very well. The only problem is, is that he refused to answer like three questions, just flat out fucking refused. Uh, gave all sorts of speeches and all this other stuff, and just flat out refused. And as much as I absolutely at this point, after he gave his perspective on transgender for children, um, I absolutely despise Chris Christie based on that alone. Um, uh, not that I was a fan in the first place, but when he kept calling out, um, when he kept calling out, uh, Ron DeSantis about not giving an answer to the question and talking around the question, but never addressing the question, he, he made a damn good point. 
He made a damn good point. And then he followed it up by answering the question himself. Uh, you know, obviously he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of leeway because he doesn't have a prayer now. I have as much chance of, of, of being the Republican nominee as, uh, as Chris Christie. So when you know you, there's no way in hell that you're going to win. I mean, no way in hell. Uh, I think if all of the candidates drop dead tomorrow, he probably, so they would pick somebody else besides Ron DeSantis. Uh, I'm sorry, Ron DeSantis, besides Chris Christie. Chris Christie did has no chance. Um, so, you know, that means that you can actually say what you want to say. You're not held back. You can, you can, you know, you can be as honest as humanly possible. And uh, you don't have to worry because you can't win anyway. So what's the difference? But, um, yeah, that, that's how it laid out. I, for me, it was, you know, obviously, again, I'm voting for Trump. But number two is, is Ron DeSantis. Number three is Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Um, number four, obviously, would be, um, you know, uh, Haley. And um, obviously, Chris Christie isn't even an option. So that's my position on it. I appreciate everybody listening. Again, this has been the Conservative Atheist Podcast. Um, I, I thank everybody, anybody that listens. Please, if you're not, if you're listening, but you're not subscribed to this podcast, um, please subscribe. I, I was off for a while, about five months, because of uh, me battling cancer, but I am now back. Now, I'm in rehab, not to give you too much personal information. I'm in rehab, that's why I'm talking, you know, very, not uh, low for me anyway. I'm talking somewhat low. Uh, I'm limited a little bit on what I can say because I'm in rehab. And I have to respect other people in, in the facility and the staff. So, um, but I'm back. And, uh, and if you enjoy this podcast, if you look through my collection of podcasts I've done in the past and you like them and you like my perspective, then please follow. And uh, I'm going to try to pump out at least three podcasts a week and maybe some bonus podcasts. And I have a, what I think will be a very interesting um, interview coming up next week. Uh, not this coming week, but the following week. Um, so, that being said, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. One last thing before I let you go. Tonight, when you're laying in the dark, flat on your back, staring up at the ceiling, drifting off into sleep. I want you to repeat this mantra over and over and over and over again. The conservative atheist is always right. 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 Conservative atheist always right and in the morning when you wake up you'll feel like a refreshed renewed person the sun will shine brighter the air will feel crisper the flowers will smell sweeter the birds will sing your name and all will be right with the world and if not maybe you're some jackass atheist that some far lefty bigot that needs to pull his head out of his ass all right, you knuckleheads. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.